This is Dan Govar. You're listening to 11 o'clock comments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's almost a roar. Back. Big. Yes, we are. Back in my home. Location. Oh, yeah. Home base. I was down south. His future home. Well, not, well, actually, yeah, that was a big Because the last one we were, when I was down here, the last week, um, I had to go through the whole uh, firstborn routine. Like, my dad did with my grandmother and to show me the damn safety deposit box and get them in there and, and uh, now it's just paid off so uh, yeah I got you know everything show me all the paperwork and everything so that will be my home did you look in the safety deposit box? I look in the safety deposit box my grandmother's will is in there and everything yeah I got I, I got the key I have I can and you know what it, it's such, I did that. It's such a bullshit. Once, All right, go ahead. Was, was the green ring in there? The green ring was not in there. He keeps it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess you got to earn that. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's not fucking Kyle Rayner. It's not like, oh, look, it's, I had some cereal and a ring came out. Get the fuck out of oh here with that God, shit. You are a chatty You give you a week off. You are a week off. You're on a tear. Because Scotty was here, so I didn't talk much last week. Oh, a week um, off means you weren't at home. Get that damn. I was on vacation. Dude, I already had... I had a beer this afternoon. I had some wine with dinner, and now I'm drinking something in, in honor of our guest tonight. So Excellent. I have had piss. quite a few things. Uh, no, not piss. Vinegar. Piss. Um, um, Thanks, Vince. <laughs> when I was in the vault, I just noticed the whole every every goddamn bank heist movie where they lock people in the vault uh-huh. is such a crock of shit because there's that little panel with the pin. And, and, and the, um, and the handle that, that, that you can spin around so that it will, it will allow air to come in the van, the fan kicks in and air circulates inside the vault. Or you can push through the hole so you can have tools or food brought through into the vault. So this whole thing about, oh, we only have like, you know, three hours worth of air and, and, and we're going to die in here. It's such a crack of shit. See, but if the ring was in the safety deposit box, you wouldn't have to worry about any of that. But I, that, Just that make, would make, make it, wouldn't, it would never be green. It's my father's safety deposit box. So if anything, I'd end up being Larflees. Like that's a bad thing. <laughs> For you, it isn't. Jeez. Hey everybody, it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 317, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B, and I am David A. Price. Uh, and I'm Jason Wood. Oh, don't you uh, die. <laughs> no. Who are you? I'm Mario Muscar. Oh, it's TV's Mario oh, with us. yeah. You had to bring it up, I know. <laughs> Jason is on assignment in Umbopo again, and, and he'll be back very soon. He'll be back this episode, actually. Yeah, you will. He's going to pop up somewhere down the line. I think he's doing an interview, so we'll just splice that in the middle of the episode. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of two people. How dare you? That's okay. I love everyone. You know no, it. And I'm, hey, they... 
they said how they felt and, and that's it. But I don't think we're going to change anything based on that. So. And there'll be another one of them. Soon. Absolutely. With someone that I never expected to agree. That is hella cool. That, see, that, that's, that's when you know I'll actually go back and, and listen to the episode. Tracy Lords. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be good? Well, it's better than Jenna oh. James. <laughs> I think I'd take either one, but Tracy over over Jenna, yes. yes. Talk about you don't have to be a pop star. Oh, my sexy on sit on. I can't recover. <laughs> you don't have to be a porn star to get great deals on your funny books and collectibles. All you got to do is shimmy on over to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite stuff at huge discounts. Get this. From Image Comics, it's the Deadly Class Trade Paperback Volume 1, subtitled Reagan Youth, written by the great Rick Remender, art by Wesley Craig, and Lee Lowridge to the color. It's a special introductory price, as images want to do with their first collections. Its cover price is $9.99, but you can bring it home for a paltry $4.99 if you use DCB service. From DC... Our good buddy, God love him so much, he's going to be the fourth co-host very soon. <laughs> M- Mr. Will Piper wrote this. <laughs> it. It's the Teen Titans. They're relaunching the series in good hands this time around. Two ninety nine cover price, your price dollar forty nine. And last but not least, over at IDW, Transformers versus GI Joe cannot wait. Yes. Tom. Yes, Tom Scholey and John Barber conceived it, and Tom Scholey visualized it, and it's going to be a long-running series. We'll still be reading this when we're 100. I know it. Cover price, three ninety-nine. Your price, David, Mario, what do you think you can get this for? Two ninety-nine. Oh. $1.50. Oh, I wish ninety-nine. $1.99. Oh. DC service doesn't mind late orders. Or, or <laughs> and you get your previews for dirt cheap, a dollar and change. DCBService.com. Very easy. Go there and be aware. Wow. How about that? How about that? I know. They're going to head that to the website. Yes, go there and be aware, which wouldn't really fit on the website because no. they'd already be right. there. How about be here and be aware? That sucks too. All right, let's do, um, I got a couple thank yous. I do too. You go first. Okay. I gotta thank our buddy Superspell for hooking me up in a huge way on, uh, Record Store Day this year. Oh, nice. I asked him to keep an eye out for something and he sent me three somethings. Aww. And it's like, you know, I almost hate to ask now. Because of how uh, generous and giving and just awesome our buddies are. So I got to thank Superspell. I mean, totally unexpected, totally uncalled for, seriously. Uh, but I will say that since he did that, I've gone back to the well twice. So, see, he's he's just paying it forward, right? That is true. Are you going to tell us what you got? Uh, do you care? Yeah. I got uh, Monster Magnets, uh, nice. the, the Last Patrol, double vinyl. I got the Flaming Lips, oh. Skies H3 mm-hmm. on vinyl, and uh, the David Lynch thing, 
the the uh soundscapes that he composed for his um last show uh it's really scary stuff I, you know me and lynch mm-hmm. God, i love that man that's what you yeah. asked him to look for probably was that one he, no i asked him for the uh flaming lips huh. uh and he gave me the seven inch yeah, of, uh, of uh zappa's don't eat the yellow snow with uh i forget what's on the flip side so yeah that's up it's craziness that's phenomenal I also have to thank Mr. Jason Lee, who sent me another, well, two copies, actually, of the 10th issue of Intruder, that Seattle um, independent comic creators newspaper mm-hmm. that I brought up in the past. It's great. The usual suspects are in here. Um, and yes, Tina Chop is God. So thank you for that. And we also have a group thank you. Don't we? Robert Hefferman? Yes, we do. Uh, we should probably wait for Jason on that. Okay, but um, to Superspell and Jason, I, I should have done it last week. And I'm sorry for the delay, but I was starstruck because oh, Scotty... Yeah, you know, when, when Scotty's on, nothing and, else is happening and I, in the world. Yeah, and I get all excited, and I, I just screwed it up. And, and if I forgot uh, anyone, call me out on it, because I don't want to do true. that. On the Facebooks. Uh, as where people like to call you out on shit. Yeah. I, um, I have a thank you. He wasn't arrogant though. No, correct? dude, no. He was, he was absolutely, he, he, like I said, he, it, very courteous, just said, hey, you know what? I don't dig that kind of and stuff. And he even asked you at the end, do you disagree? And for the most part, I mean, I, anybody who knows me and, and knows my feelings on how things work behind the scenes or about this show, um, it, it's. David does not like when we have guests. No, that's not it. See you guys later. You nice time. Right? No, you know? no, you're, you're just going to mute Mario, but. <laughs> he means like, I'm, well, what I mean is, whenever, when, when we used to have the four of us, and when we would have a fifth, David would be like, yeah, that's cool. That's, no, that, no, that's not right. where I'm going with this, this time. I'm not. Who's at home then? What? Oh. When people have, uh, when when people feel they have a a right in in air quotes to to say how we should do the show, you don't like that. That's that that is my biggest peeve above all else. Well, sure. But I mean, here's the thing. I mean, he, he, I mean, he was he was very courteous about it. No Absolutely. problem. And, and I mean, I don't, I don't think that this probably deserves as much talking about. But I mean, it's not like he, it's not like he guys charge for this. You know what I mean? Or like. You got, but see, you guys I don't do this for you guys, argument. and then people yeah. listen to it. Right, right. The whole free thing doesn't wash with me. It, whether whether it's free or whether they pay for it, they it's they feel like they have it. they feel like they have a stake in the in the show because of their enthusiasm. And I think to a certain degree, they do have a stake in the show. I mean, if they're going to contribute on their end, why not? Well, listen, if if we did something they didn't listen, like, they'd stop listening. I get that. That well, that that's where. That's where the obligation ends. If we do something you don't like, if we're if we're taking the show down a path you don't care for, if we change the format and you stop listening, that's that's the contract right there. Right, I love the contract. The contract is very very important. We don't, you know, it's not like we don't take a vote. We don't say, hey, do you want to hear about it from this? No, we don't. It, this is we're ta- we're sitting down. We're talking amongst ourselves, and it gets released and. People either groove to that or they don't, and and that's I would never say I would never say to CGS 
or around comics or, you know, I would never have gone to them and said, yeah, I, I really think this should have happened before this segment and that. Now, where do, who the hell am I? Right. Yeah. You got to be really careful when you break the contract. Look at Thunderbolts. Remember when Thunderbolts <laughs> became Fight Club? Yep. And the, the longtime fans lost their shit. And it's that's because you have made a pact with your audience. If you establish a pattern and stick to that pattern and give them variations on that pattern for the duration of your existence and then all of a sudden you break that contract and switch it up, you're going to offend and probably lose a lot of people. Yeah, but, but that's, the, that's, that's the danger of it. Sometimes that shit's gold, like X-Factor yeah. or uh, Ecstatic. Oh. Some, yeah, Ecstatic. Yeah. Sometimes, like David Bowie broke the contract visually. Oh, he became a Nazi? Many times. <laughs> of all the times. Merry Christmas. No, what I'm saying is he, he's one of the few people who can break the contract and keep it, keep the audience because, you know, the voice was still the same. But. Uh, my thank you. Um. Is, uh, is, is from Mr. John Fallon, who, um, who is, who sent me something a while ago. Um, probably over a year ago. And it has been on my, um, all time great shelf, which includes the absolute new frontier and, uh, the rocketeer, um, holy terror is on that shelf. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never making it in my house. Uh, like when Stacey's uh, story was, uh, but it was, it, it, what's been on this shelf for a while now is, uh, when graffiti collected, I started to collect Mage, the hero discovered, and I had V1, I had volume one on, uh, number 175 of 1500, uh, signed and numbered, and that's been on that shelf for a long time now. Well, Mr. Fallon was in attendance at, um, Appleseed last weekend. Yes. And, uh, he sends me a message and he goes, dude, you will never believe what I stumbled across here at the show. And basically to cut to the chase, uh, joining volume one is as of today, uh, volumes two and three. So the collection Ooh, is complete. You. He didn't only find volume two, he found two and he three. He found two and three. And, and like, and, and like right. he, he had told me in, in his note that, uh, the slipcases, Need to be cleaned up a little bit. Like the um, the, the the price tag was they they didn't they didn't take any care as far as removing it. So there's there's some sticky and 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 residue on on the slipcases. The books themselves are and Vince, the third volume. Now not only does it have the interlude from um, the Grendel issues, but the dragon scene is still the three page foldout. Nice. Yeah, it looks awesome. Big. You know, a very judicious application of Google. Yes, I'm, I, it, well, I don't know about. I'd have to be very careful because I don't want to. That's what I'm right. saying. Don't go. No. I'll start. I might do it on the white slipcase because the colors are green because of the magic, and then red, and then the last one is um, or crimson, and then the last one is white. But um, yeah, I, I, I now I can be. I, the box came today, and Renee's like, "What? It looks like a box of books." And I'm like, "No, no, you don't understand." So, I. uh no, no. You know what the, the the appropriate answer is? Yeah, it's books, woman. What you gonna do? Wrong? That's what you say. You're so pretty. Step up, stink. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Uh, I sleep over you. Yeah, I know. You got plenty of room over there in stately Bonneville Manor. Uh, so, so thank you. Thank you very much for that, John. Awesome. That is great. Hey, David. Mario? Yes, sir. What are you, what are you drinking? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, because we have a, a special guest, uh, what I'm drinking isn't exactly very special, but I, I did not pour a glass of wine for the evening. Uh, in honor of my bourbon brother, I am sipping on some 1792 Ridgemont Reserve. Nice. That shit's old, man. It is. It's old. It's like, that's like Civil War. Old, yo. <laughs> yes, like Civil War. <laughs> Civil War! <laughs> right after Revolution. Yeah, but okay. There you go. Uh, I'm drinking water, uh, man. Next. next. What are you drinking, Mario? Uh, I'm drinking a little, uh, a little vino. Uh, we had with dinner. It's a San Giovese from, from Italy. Nice. That's where all the best vino comes from, Italy. I picked up some wine today yeah. from Chile. I'm dying to try it. It's people come it's from pronounced Italy. Chile. Chile. Thank you. <laughs> Karate. Thank you very much. That's like SpongeBob. Karate. That's like Ross Geller. <laughs> screw him. Oh. I hate Ross Geller. All the friends. That's the one you want to screw. All right. I don't judge. I don't. I don't like it. It's just because he's Jewish. Oh he's, my God. <laughs> he's such a wimp. To have a woman like that and lose her and get her back. You're tired of her shit. Her He's a jerk. You're tired of her He's... shit, bro. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's not you at all. No, you take it way all. Good, way too good for him. But anyway. Most women are. And he sucks on keyboard. No. Pivot. Pivot. You guys know a lot more about friends than I do. Oh, I feel kind of out of place. Dude, it's always on. It is. It is. I, I, I stopped watching it when it was still good. So like, like before the last two seasons, but, um, yeah, it was, I, I do nowadays I fall asleep. I put, I leave it on like Nick at night because I'm, I'm watching the full house for the, for the, the John Stamos. And then I, uh, and then I fall asleep to, uh, friends. So, you know, gotta be shit me. You do not watch. <laughs> I do not watch full house. Sometimes I catch the last minute of it because I, I turn it before 11 o'clock. But other than that, Nick at Night is only on four friends. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> that that show. Hey, well, yeah, like, come on. It's, it's toxic. I, it's I can't not, even stand if it's on the background. I, I felt bad for it. And, and what's awesome is that when you watch things like Half-Baked or realize that yes. Bob Saget was involved, but I mean, and, and you just listen to his regular stand-up and then you see oh, all, he's all the, filthy. Yes, and then you see all yeah. the years he was part of Full House. It's It's unbelievable. I love it. Good for him. Absolutely. Make it work for you. But I think the show is terrible. So is, uh, has anybody seen any movies recently? Before we... <laughs> yes, Eventually, it's comic talk. But yeah, I want to hear about some movies. Yeah, I, I don't... Um, I obviously saw Godzilla this weekend. Yes, and I'm giddy at how good it was. Um, but I don't want to talk about it here too much. Why not? Because I'm going to be on the Plain Label podcast. Nice! Look at you with the... Um, with Eric Williams, and we're going to talk about Godzilla. Let Eric know I will be watching Leon the Professional really, really soon. Oh, dude, that's a great oh, movie. We're really talking about I to rewatch it. I is, okay. is he he knows I I'm a big fan of the movie, especially everyone. But it it's he he uh, I've been on Eric's show a couple times. We talked about the uh, we talked about Trek. I was on before uh, Into Darkness came out and we were talking about the first uh Abrams reboot movie and then I was on 
most recently with Ben Teed, and we were talking about the Fellowship of the Ring. I I love Eric, and uh, he's great. He he asked me to get around to. I told him actually I bought the Blu-ray a while ago because it was on a major sale, so I bought the Blu-ray. And he, when he found out I bought the Blu-ray, he says, "Well, hurry up and rewatch it, and we'll talk about it." So I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about Godzilla on the show. I don't think there's any hurry up and watch the Fellowship. <laughs> Isn't it like four and a half hours long on the Blu-ray? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's it's two discs. Each movie, each each movie of the trilogy is are they're two Blu-ray discs. So you gotta be kidding no, me! I see. Wait, I don't, I don't have to change it. You have to change the disc. You have to change the disc, even oh. on the. It's like it's like all of a sudden, it's, like, it's it's shades of Stargate because my fucking Stargate DVD is sold. I have to flip it over. Flip it over. I have that one too. Yeah, but wait a minute, a Blu-ray disc can hold fifty gigs, right? It can hold a ton, but dude, the movies are long. They they're gorgeous. There's a lot of of sure. detail. There's they do not they don't skim. It's we have the Hobbit on Blu-ray, the first I'm, part. Yeah, I'm don't. waiting for all three. To come. That's the only um, Jackson Tolkien we have on Blu-ray. But it, so, Mario, did you see Godzilla? I did not know, but I wanted to hear about it. If, if it's worth my time to see in the theater, or... wait for that shit to stream. Is it worth my time? Is it worth? Is, is it worth your time to see it in the theater? Absolutely, yes, yes. It's it's a big movie, <laughs> obviously. Um, I do, see. I don't want to say too much. I I was surprised. Just how little giant monsters are in the movie. That's what I, I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, it, there, there are a, there's, because it's two and a half hour, roughly two and a half hours long. So you have a lot of, a lot of time to play with. Maybe there's a half an hour of giant monsters in the film. At best. Mm-hmm. It's more, it's more about the, the humans. And every Godzilla movie, all the great ones anyway, are more about the humans than they are about the actual. Well, sure. I mean, if you watch the original, what fifty four, the Gojira, I mean, it's yes. forever until you see Godzilla. Right, and and it's very much in keeping with what has come before. Um, I like the fact that uh, he's just not an unstoppable engine of destruction. He's here for a reason, and uh, it, it's great stuff. And the visuals, oh my god, when Godzilla's on screen, that that's the thing that tickled Pink. I was tickled pink uh, about the most is if when you nail a design as well as they have the new Godzilla, like I think it's pretty flawless. There's really nothing I would change about it aside from maybe make him a little lighter. Um, I, I think the design is almost perfect. And once you overcome an obstacle like that, like someone says to you, hey, redesign Godzilla, what the hell do you do? How do you do it? And how do you put your your personal stamp on it and make it work in tandem with what has come before, right? Obviously, we're not talking about you know '70s Godzilla when it became like a big dog, but it's that would be tough to do. And they nailed it. It's he just looks so imposing on the screen and gigantic. It just he he's a force of nature, literally. It's it's awesome to see the the antagonists. They're okay. I I think they could have maybe. Flesh them out a little bit more. They, they, they look like, uh, if you're familiar with the Gamera films, they look like Gaios, uh-huh. one of, one of the antagonists in, in the Gamera films. But it's just awesome. The colossal destruction and, and, uh, it's crazy. I will say though, it's a tad bit of a bait and switch. Oh. 
just a tad, because all of the pre-release images and footage we saw has Brian Cranston in yeah. it. Mm, he's not in the whole movie. Because he dies? I'm not, not saying anything. <laughs> I'm just saying he's not in the whole movie. Because, I mean, he's, he's the voiceover and all the trailers and everything, too. Yep. It's, 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 you would think it's a Brian Cranston movie. Exactly, but and, and the first five minutes of the movie, as the credits are rolling, you will be very aware that it's not a Brian Cranston movie because it. After like maybe he he shows up maybe two minutes into so it's it, like, it so it's like Vivian Leigh and Psycho or whatever whatever it was. <laughs> oh, it's, nice. It's, it's with Brian Cranston, right. but e- even the the credits are brilliantly designed. Like there's, it looks like a redacted. Uh, government document like they show you all the text and then as you're watching it parts of it get blotted out and someone has gone through the entire credit sequence and and listed everything that was there and it's really really neat that's right really there's a tip of the hat to monsters uh the director's first movie which is an awesome movie uh, yeah i i i thought it was great just really good but i'll get into it real deep hopefully uh with eric on the plain label show did Eric Slater write? Do you know? I, yep. You did, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think the reviews have been large, mostly favorable. Going in, everybody was excited for it, but I guess there's some people that don't like, um, humans in their monster movies. So, they didn't dig on it, but yeah, I think it's a great, great movie. That's awesome. Yeah. And how about Wachter? Getting on IDW's Godzilla. That's awesome. And he's, and he's yep. bringing Bun with him. That's hell of a that is really good. Uh, IDW is smart because what I thought they were going to do is I thought they were going to cancel the book I'm probably going to talk about later, Godzilla, uh, ruler of Earth, rulers of Earth, uh, but they're not. They're, it's it's keep going and they're going to do this. It's Cataclysm, I think, Godzilla Cataclysm yeah, Wacker's book. Yeah, they're going to l- launch that concurrently with the other title. It does not make. I mean, it makes just good business sense to have two Godzilla series going on. When the movie is so popular. Dude. Dude. Yeah. So let's talk about some comics here. Let's do some comics. Uh, okay. Actually, I am going to let the guests go first. Oh. It's never a good idea. No, it's never a good idea. Really. What you got, Mario? Huh. I read recently um, a uh, graphic novel <gasps> called... Vince is not going to like this. <laughs> Called um, Relish. Relish. My Life in the Kitchen by uh, Lucy Nisley. Um, I think I've heard of this. It's possible you've heard of it. It was uh, it was fairly got a lot of good reviews. Um, it got a lot of good reviews in the non comic book, you know, circles too. Like you know, and like more like the your New York Timesy, you know, New Yorker kind of crowd. Um, but it's, uh, it's Lucy Nisley. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's K-N-I-S-L-E-Y. And, uh, she wrote a previous graphic novel, um, called, I think, French Milk, which was kind of like, uh, popular too back in the late, late, late 2000s, late, late, like aughts. And, um, but this book, um, this book was, it's basically, it's basically like a, a memoir, like an autobio story about her and her life growing up and her relationship with food. Um, 
she grew up with uh parents who very much you know uh enjoyed food her mom was a a caterer part time um but uh but the book's great it has um after it has it's 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 divided into chapters and there's different different stories different events in her life and at the end of each chapter um is a recipe and the way that she presents the recipe is very is is really cool because she's a cartoonist she actually went to um she went to the i think she said she went to the school of art in chicago and then from there she actually went to the um oh what's the place in vermont uh, center for cartoon studies ah um and uh, when she does a little recipe at the end it's usually about something she's discussed in that chapter she i mean it's 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 graphic it's a, it's a graphic representation of a recipe so you know she'll have all the ingredients laid out and she'll have drawn them all and she'll be like you need and then you know she'll draw like you know flour and then she'll have like a little measuring cup and it'll say two cups on it and then she goes through it and she she draws all the uh steps for the uh recipe which is pretty cool because um the way she diagrams it out it, you know if you're a visual learner you know or or like just like things explained to you visually it's pretty cool because she she presents it that way um but uh i really liked i really like it. i like her art her art is yeah she's i like it too i just googled her yeah it's really it's i mean it's it's for you know it's it, that when people people that use the word cartoony it's definitely cartoony um, but I'd say there's a, uh, there's a lot of her gay in there. I would say. I can see that. Because of, yeah. like, I see it in the eyes, you know, like her style for the eyes, she had, like the little dots. Um, I, uh, maybe some, you know what, when I was look, when there were sections when I was reading it that actually I thought it reminded me a little bit, and this is probably kind of crazy, but it reminded me a little bit of, um, E.C. Seeger, what's his name? Um, the Popeye. Oh, the puppet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know who I'm seeing? Um Electric Girl. Uh Oh, yeah. That uh what was it? Michael um Michael Brennan. Was that his name? The, 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 yeah, yeah, who did Electric Girl. It's it's a similar style. It yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. But the uh the colors are amazing. I mean, the co- she does she does everything. The coloring's really good. It's on a nice uh nice paper stock, toothy stock that, you know, that's really like color so- soaks up the color. Um, but she's, you know, she's a food nerd. She's not, she's not a teacher. Um, she's just like a food nerd. Her enthusiasm really comes through. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, it spoke to me because, you know, she remembers things and events and moments in her life, um, like I do lots of times through food. And like, you know, you know, sometimes memories of friends and family can become entangled, like with food. Like, for instance, she recounts this trip to Mexico with her mom. And her mom's friend, and it's after her mom and dad had gotten divorced, and the, the mom and the mom's friend go to Mexico to kind of, you know, tie one on and have a good time, and and they take their daughter and son with them. They're like 12 years old, the kids are. And as soon as they get there, the moms come down with this horrible intestinal, intestinal illness, and it puts them out of commission for like a week. <laughs> and the two kids, the, the, to, get, to get the kids out of their hair, they just give them money and just let them run around in Mexico. And they're like 12. In Mexico? Yes. <laughs> and, nice. and uh and like her memories that she like she, she shares is you know they're all food experiences like um like the like different candies and the chili peppers and stuff she'd never experienced before and you know uh eating like mexican corn from a street vendor with lime and hot sauce on it and how it turned her corners of her mouth red for a couple days 
And, you know, it I just... I would like that. What's that? I would like that. Oh, yeah. I'll grilled cor- uh, corn on the cob vents with lime on it and some hot sauce. It's tasty stuff. Never had yeah. it. And um, forget that butter. Um, but, like, you know, a lot of my memories with family and friends are tied to tied to food, too, I guess. Sure. So, like, sausage and peppers with my dad or zucchini flowers with my grandpa. and Like, uh, a couple years ago, my wife and I, our daughter... She was like two at the time. We went to Philly for a long weekend. And we went to this, uh, we went to the big children museum there. I think it's, it's like called the Please Touch Museum, which is an awful name for a children's museum. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so we went, we went to the Please Touch Museum, you know, and I'm, you know, Flannery, don't let anybody touch you. But, uh, you know, and we spent a couple of days at the, uh, the Sesame Street theme park that's there in Philly. And we had a great, you know, we had a great couple of days, but, the memory that sticks out the most for me, and this is what I always think about when I think about my food experience memory, is that we were exploring this part of Philly where one of my friends lived that we were visiting while we were there as well. And it was, it was a, you know, it was like a, it was a Latin area of town. And we came across this like really awesome and really little authentic, uh, taqueria sound tacos. Mm-hmm. So I got us a few different tacos and, um, and, you know, we sat on a wooden table outside of the taqueria eating that me and my wife and our two year old. And it started to rain just like slightly. And of all the stuff we did for like the four days in Philadelphia, that's the memory that sticks with me the most eating cool. some really good tacos in the rain with my two girls. You know what I mean? And what about that memory? Do you remember the most of the me- no, the, of of that memory, what what about that memory sticks out to you? Oh, first wa- watching my daughter like eat like you know awesome talk like you know their soft shell okay. tacos and like it's raining on her face. Because they say smell. Oh, oh yeah, is, yeah, yeah, is is the uh, most um, aggressive instigator of memory. Absolutely. That's like, that's like probably you should... why food is tied up in that so much. Yeah, but you know I do that with everything like um like giant slices of pizza the size of your head. With David, Chicago, yeah, yes. Irish Irish whiskey with Jason, or uh, you don't you don't have one for me. Pepper, pepperoncinis <laughs> filled with sriracha. Oh yes, you do. Nice. <laughs> yeah, oh, so they're it's, so it's good. A great book. It, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's not like a great memoir in the sense that she doesn't really reveal anything about herself in a, in, a, in this great way. It's just like these little anecdotes about food and different chapters and. But, you know, it, it kind of reminds you that sometimes in life, you know, you need to sit back and savor things. She definitely, like, she has that idea. You know, she talks about, like, uh, social media and how, you know, it's not all about, you know, tweets and Facebook interactions and stuff like that. And sometimes, you know, things take time. You know, it's not instantaneous. You know, if you're cooking a, a, a pan full of mushrooms, it takes time, you know. She talks about I sometimes, like you know, you close your eyes so that you can eat it when you eat an olive so that you can block out all the other sensations and just concentrate on that taste. So it was a great nice. book, you know, and I, the, the I name love... relish, you know, like has yes. that multiple meanings, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And she's eating a green olive Our... on the yeah. front. Mm-hmm. So she's okay in my book. Is there, uh, is there a recipe for creating, um, relish? There is not a recipe for relish. No. Wow. Okay. Well, my money back. Yeah. I love flat color. And that's what I'm seeing here. Is oh, I'm yeah. Perusing yeah, the color. These. I mean, like Mario said, the color looks awesome in it. And even just viewing it through so Google simple. Images, it, it's yeah. striking. 
it's definitely just yeah. flat color. You know what I mean? Like the shirt, the shirt on a person is one color. It almost has like I a, it almost has like a really strong marker slash crayon quality to it. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's good. Some sometimes gradations are bad. Um, there's a simplicity and a beauty in, in of, to flat color. I just I don't know. I gravitate towards that a lot often. The uh, the uh, the, the section, I don't know why I keep coming back section of Mexico, because that's just one of the many chapters. But when they're in Mexico, I guess because kids, 12 year olds running around in Mexico, but they come <laughs> across this, um, the, the 12 year old boy and, and, and the, the, uh, Lucy, uh, come across a, uh, a guy, uh, selling, um, porno mags. <laughs> like, and it's just right out there in the open and, you know, they've never <laughs> seen anything like it before. And the guy sells the, the boy a porno mag, like, no questions asked. And he nice. spends the next, like, t- all the next next few weeks are there just amassing this huge collection of pornography. <laughs> he he he, li- he empties all the things he has in his backpack out and throws them away so that he can fill up his backpack with pornography. Uh, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, it's great. And they're really cheap in Mexico too, though. Uh, what were they? Uh, photo-based porn yeah, mags? Yeah, or yeah, they were, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So I thought he was buying porn comics. No, he was buying porn mag, porn like, like actually. It's still, yeah. Porn's good. Porn is good. I gotta look into this, Mario. Yeah, it's good. I mean, she's a really good cartoonist. She really is. Yeah. I'm not a foodie like you people, but you people, um, you I do. People. You are. I I do like. Good cartooning, and that's what I'm seeing here. Yeah, I mean, and like, it being tied to memory, like, even if you're not a food event, you have, there was something that your mom or your grandma or your dad, somebody made food that you, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And that's, exactly. that's basically what this is. It's, it's odd because, um, some of my best, um, memories and some of my worst are tied to food, which is, I guess appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. For like, for example, best memory: my grandmother used to dry peppers in the attic, mm-hmm. and, and you couldn't walk into the attic without wading through this jungle of like clotheslines with peppers dangling from them, and the smell was awesome. Yeah. And worst memory is my mother never wrote down the recipe for her spaghetti sauce. Yeah. And now that she uh, has the, has the Alzheimer's, we ain't getting it, yeah. you know. So that's like biggest regret, uh, bad memory tied to to food. So yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Food's a big part of your life, whether you realize it or not. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I think, one I of the all few things you have to do. <laughs> right, right. I think we're all foodies to a certain extent, even though we don't like to admit it. Like me. Um. Yeah. Yeah, like I like my hot stuff. Mm-hmm. Love it. My first so that's event, my first word was pepper for that same reason. My dad used to dry peppers in the basement. Yeah, and he would point at him and say pepper. And one day did I he, went pepper. Did he fry them after he dried them out, or did they just he just dried them for the like um, for the you know, crushed to put, pepper? To put in, yeah, to put in sauce. He would, he would do both. Ah, my grandmother would fry yeah. them, mm-hmm. and, and then, then you'd bite it like a potato chip. Yeah, you'd crunch it. Oh man, yeah. I love the hot shit. Speaking of hot shit. <laughs> Jason's that's here. That's it, baby. Yes, let me get him. Woot woot, the boy. There he is. That was a nice segue, David. Thank you, bro. <laughs> he wants me to show video. He ain't that pretty. <laughs> Jason. What's up? There he What's is. <laughs> All right, what are you drinking? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was trying to get them all caught up. 
Oh, he got knocked off already. Stop here. No, 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 I'm here. I'm here. It's cool. No, I'm here. What are, you, what are you drinking there, Brohim? Oh, I'm drinking uh, Dr. Pepper, bro, Jack. I ran right up from the car upstairs to to load up the Skype, so no time for a drink. All right, or the men this night. All right. Jason, what up? What up, Mario? So, am I Telly Savalas now? I'm Brojack. Brojack. <laughs> Got how, you, how, how you baby, Mario? Oh, he's good. He's a good Hands baby. He's a devil. He's he a is. good kid. He sleeps. His sister, nice. slept, like for his his slept, sister slept for shit when she was little, but he's he's a sleeping champ. Nice. You guys back to banging yet, or is it still not time? We <laughs> <laughs> still got a little, a little ways to go. Talked out tender. <laughs> See, folks, that's how you know that Mario's our buddy and not just a guest. That's right. <laughs> so, let, all right. Well, um, Mario talked about relish by Lucy Kinsley. He's trying to class up the joint, huh? It's Nisley, isn't oh, he's like, it? He's all like, you know, Chris isn't here to talk about food anymore, so. Yeah, I think it's Nisley. K N Nisley. Okay. Yeah. For Rizzle. Well, Jason, why don't you get us up to snuff on what you've been uh, So that's all enjoying. you covered one book in, the, in an hour? That's it. Book, yeah. Oh, man. We're all talking over each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gangbang. It is. I, I talked about Godzilla for a couple minutes and date. We had a bunch of thank yous that we had to get out of the way. Did you and, thank Mr. And, I assume you thank Mr. Vernson? No, we were waiting for you. Waiting for you. Oh, okay. Uh, well then let's get out that out of the way. So, uh, our buddy Vernson. Robert. Uh, excuse me? Robert. On the forum now he had his name changed. But yes, we still know him as Vernson. Th- that is true, yes. Was kind enough to send us all, um, uh, I guess caricature, not caricatures, but, but portraitures of ourselves. What would you classify yep. them? Portraitures, I guess, but, but like, yeah. sort of, but almost like a, with a negative space kind of vibe to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're amazing. I, I've seen both of yours and, and I've seen mine. I don't think you guys have seen mine I've yet. I've not but, seen yours yet. But, uh, yeah, they're really fantastic. And I told, I told, uh, I told Rob that I'm actually going to use it as my avatar on some of the sites because it's, uh, it's, nice. it's groovy. So, much love, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh to be extra descriptive, they're um they're like sketch cards. They're they're trading yeah, cards yes. size and right. he does them raw, right you know, right on the oh, on the like uh it. right on the Bristol and they're really super. If you uh I, I have mine on the Facebooks and I David I'll put mine does on the too. Facebooks. No, I uh it's it's my new current avatar on the forum. But I will post it on Facebook. What? what well what? if you go to the forum, bro, you'll see it, but I go to the forum. I posted today. Today. And if they want to go to the forum, where can they go? Oh, oh, that's the segue for that time. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, let's make it this week, uh, bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum. Oh, legacy. The legacy comes out. Mm-hmm. So Jason, you want to, want to hear something or do you want to, uh, elucidate? Well, before, I mean, uh, just catch me up quickly on, did you love Godzilla? I loved it, yes. All right, because I want to see it this weekend. I'm, de- I'm deciding between the new X-Men film and Godzilla to take the boys. And oh. the oldest wants to see Godzilla. And I'm real nervous about the X-Men movie. I mean, I definitely will see wow. it, but I'm real nervous about it. So I think as long as you gave the Godzilla the thumbs up, it's good enough. I for think, I, I think X-Men, you're safe unless Brian Singer's in the audience with you. Oh, I don't know. Brian Singer has not made many films that I've enjoyed. 
Um, how old is your youngest? Well, the youngest probably wouldn't go see Godzilla, right? He's five. Okay. Put it to you this way. I shouldn't have taken Holden to see Amazing Spider-Man 2 because we're sitting there watching and he's next to me and he just looks at me and he goes, Daddy, he's scary. And he's talking about Electro. And then he crawled up into my lap and literally hit his head uh, yeah, my, into say. my chest for the rest of the movie. So he, 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 he was a little young for the movie. Father there, there of the are... year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, baby. There, there are stretches in Godzilla where no monsters appear. So just keep that in mind. If you're looking for pure entertainment for the kiddies, you may be better off taking them to see. How X-Men. many of the X Men movies have they seen, Jason? Just uh, well, I th- I mean they saw First Class for sure, uh, and Wolverine. Uh-huh. The newest Wolverine. But yeah, I still have to see that. Um, I don't remember if they saw the Singer X-Men films or not. We own them, but I don't know if I've ever had them watch them. Okay. So, yeah, just those two, I would say. Did you guys talk about Amazing Spider-Man 2? No, we were waiting for yeah. you. Oh, Dude, shit. Ma- Mario saw it yesterday, and, yeah. uh, and, and I think, I think you and he are more in line. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't really crazy about it. I wish I was with you, Jason, so I could have crawled up in your lap and been like, this movie sucks. Oh. <laughs> then it would have been the best movie ever. Oh. We would have snuggled. Well, oh, I mean, I thought, I don't know, maybe I'm in the <laughs> middle of you two then because I, I walked out with, with, in, with a smile on my face, but it's definitely a movie where I think it doesn't age well. The, the, the more I get away from the film, the more I'm finding that doesn't necessarily jive with me. Um, but the visceral reaction of going to the movie, which is ultimately what it's about, I came away enjoying it. Um, even though I did think there were, uh, I, I think the good or bad, love or hate the movie, I think it's fair to say that the, uh, it's a very uneven film from a a tone standpoint. And, Hmm. and I think that, um, and I, I, I assumed that was going to be the case before seeing it based on the reviews because, it seemed that there were people who loved it, people who hated it, but the people who disliked it, it was interesting because it, I felt as though there were groups of people that disliked certain aspects of the film, and they seemingly were the, were the people that the, the other side of the people loved those aspects and vice versa. And that usually tells me that there's a case of a film that's at times tonally different. And that's and after seeing it, that's exactly what I think happened. There were times when it's very serious, very morose. Then there are times that are very funny. And I know you could – David's probably sitting there thinking, well, isn't that the essence of Spider-Man comics? Absolutely. But all I can say is for me, I felt like it didn't quite strike the chord there. There were things that were almost slapsticky, and then there were moments that were as dire and sad and as could be. And and, and it, so I did feel it was uneven, but the total package, yeah, I liked it. I, I Again, I, I thought it was for what it was. I was entertained. I, I think the, the strongest – the, really, the, the thing that carries the film through all of its faults, from my perspective, is 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 the casting. I, I think he is a perfect Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, so, I agree. I agree as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, I thought the effects were good. I thought the yeah. webs, the web swinging was, I thought, great to watch. But like, like you said, I mean, I, even for a Spider-Man movie or anything like that, and I might be in a minority here, but when I see any movie. I feel like a movie has to say something. Like, what's the purpose of this movie? Like, and, and I don't think the movie had anything to say at all. 
So I, I let, so I leave, I leave it and I'm like, oh, effects were good and, and these parts over here weren't so good. And I don't have this feeling of that, that binds it all together of mm-hmm. this is what the movie was. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I, I viewed this one as another chapter of Peter Parker's life. That this was, and there were, there were things that happened in the movie where I, I thought there were some Neat. Yeah, the, the the effects were great. The, the web swing was great. Him just falling through the sky and 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 the costume. I they nailed the costume because I wasn't thrilled with the costume in the first one, but this one was perfect for me. Uh, his his guilty conscience fucking with him. I thought was was great. Um, them when when they went to. Well, basically the point of no return. I, I was not, everybody else, like, oh, when she did her speech, it was so telling. And you, I don't, when I'm, when I'm watching a movie, I don't, I, I, I try not to think ahead or, or where are they going with this? Or I'm, I'm not trying to jump ahead of the filmmakers and, and, and get to where they're going before they get there. I'm just, I'm, I'm in the moment watching the movie as the story's happening. And when, um, when the bad thing happened, I, I was hoping that it wasn't going to happen. But as soon as they're doing it, I, I had an idea and, and, and it, that killed me. I, I wasn't expecting it and I didn't want to see it happen. And it, uh, it. What, they stayed true to the, the goblin story? More or less. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, the, the, no, the location. Not exactly, but yes. The location is, is different, but yes. The, the end um, result is the same, yeah. Yes. You've got to be kidding yes. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and, and as soon as it happened, not as soon as it happened, as I'm leaving the theater with my father, I'm recalling this, um, and I found it, and, and there's, uh, that, that Astonishing Spider-Man Treasury Edition I talked about a while ago, there's a, uh, they, they have a joke and gag section on a few pages, and one of them, are a bunch of headshots, uh, drawn by John Romita Sr. And it's the same head with different hair color. And I'm thinking, well, if, if they, if they want to bring her back for the third one, then they can just use, because aside from the headband and the hair color, there were times where Gwen and, and MJ did look a lot alike. But the, uh, as far as the movie, I, um, it's, yeah, but Gwen didn't give it up to just anybody. That is true. <laughs> uh, the, uh, just the, the, just no, me. no, I didn't read that story. It didn't happen. So the, the, uh, as far Jesus. as this, this, um, I, it's very hard for them to screw up a Spider-Man for me. I, I know I can watch the Raimi stuff and kind of cringe. At certain parts, more so in the first and third movies than the second, but there are definitely times where I watch it and I'm like, I am, I, I don't know what I found so appealing or so attractive about well, the first time around, but I don't know if I want to watch the first one again to see if, if how that ages after a couple of years. And, and I don't know, I respect that, that Jason left thinking that this may not there are definitely going to be some things about this that um will make him cringe as time goes on i thought there were some things like like the whole um the inner voices with 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 max with electro i thought i mean i'm i'm listening to what's going on and and it's 
it's freaking me out because at, at no point in all the years I've been reading Electro stories, I've never, uh, that's one thing that never occurred to me that, that, that that's never been, uh, presented in the comics, but this is obviously a different Max Dillon than we've had in, in the comics over these years. Um, the, I thought it looked fantastic. I thought that everybody did a great job in, in their parts from, from Sally Field as Aunt May to, um, to, to, well, to Pete and Gwen were, were, were fantastic in, in every scene. I thought this, I, I, I thought this Harry was ten times better than James Franco as, as Harry Osborne. Uh, no argument there. I just, I, I really did like, I mean, the, the only time I really kind of was like, that, that's a little bit over the top was the doctor who was experimenting on Electro. But, uh, aside from that, I, I, it, it's really hard for me to look at a Spider-Man movie and go, and, and, it, it, it's like Joey looking at a, a Nolan Batman flick and, and trying to find fault in it. I, I really can't, it, it, it's hard for me to, I, I have to take, what what you guys are saying as as just and I know I know Mario's a big Spider Man fan and and you know for for him to to text me this morning and say this is what he liked and 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 then you know another three paragraphs of what he didn't like hmm. I'm like okay I can kind of I I will have to when I see it again I will look at it more objectively you know I think the the um, over the top should be a, an, a, a a prerequisite for movies like this they sh- they should be over the top. I mean, look at the source material. There's, there's not a Spider-Man issue from that period that's not over the top in some way. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're just ridiculous. I mean, you could never expect or, or conceive of those things happening in, in real life, yet they're trying to make a movie where they do try and mimic those things in real life. So yeah, and like with Sam Raimi stuff, you, you said you were, uh, you cringe sometimes with the Raimi movies. I think that's an ex- essential Raimi, uh, that's an earmark of Sam Raimi's work. All of his movies are cringeworthy. They're, they're, they're so campy. And, and again, over the top, that, that's like right. a prerequisite. But I don't know. I didn't see it yet, which is, so I should shut up. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking it looks good. I did not know that they went there. That's great. I, know. To know. I didn't, I didn't either. I, I'm so glad that, I mean, and there were, I, um, did you see the time on the clock at the end, David, when, when that happened? The time, like, because it happens in an events, it happens in a clock tower, and the clock like breaks, and the clock stopped on one twenty-one. That is awesome. I was, I was trying to find out where the hell the hands were as I, mm-hmm. as I was watching everything. Oh, that, that is cool. I love that. That is, and and so I mean, even even if you know, I, I the things like that kind of bump it up. For me a little bit. It has nothing to do with the story. It has nothing to do with whether or not people can act in a movie. But when I see things like that added to a movie like this, with this character, that, that is, unjustly if you want to say it, well, it, it, it's going to put it more towards in my favor. Yeah. But it, it's there, um, no, I, I avoided any, I, I, I stopped following people on Facebook when, when I saw that they were starting to, Amazing Spider-Man is a movie about, and I was just like, done, I'm blocked, I'm not, I don't care, I don't, I, I went in blind, I am very glad I did go in blind, um, but I just think that, uh, I, yeah, I, 
I enjoyed it. And, and yes, there, there were definitely times where it was uneven. I did not feel like, um, when, 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 when Spider-Man is, is fighting Electro and, and when that battle is done and then someone else comes swooping in and, and I did not get the same sense that I got from like Amazing Spider-Man 3, uh, I'm sorry, from Spider-Man 3 or from, from, uh, any of the, um, any of the Batman movies where, oh, we're just throwing more and more villains in on it. I, I didn't get that sense. I, whereas, the second Nolan Batman movie I thought went on too long or they had after the Joker, we also get two face. And, and whereas I playing an armchair writer, director, whatever, I, I would think that, you know, two face would be better served having spilling into a third movie. I didn't think you needed to have everything crammed into the second film. Um, I didn't get that sense of, Oh, here's green goblin. Let's tack that on. I, I didn't, I didn't get a shoving it all in sense when I was watching the movie. Well, they are grooming the Sinister Six. Yes, they are. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's the setup yeah. for the next film. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's that's kind of that's just smart. I, I I can't. I'm not down with the design for Electro. I I don't. I think it's weak. I don't like it at all. Oh, I really liked it. I I, I, I liked it a lot. In fact, he he gets his powers essentially because he gets morphed by. Uh, genetically modified electric eels, which so I think in the context of that, it makes a ton of sense. That's cool, yeah. yeah. But uh, just the whole blue, it—I don't know. Does, I, does, I, does, well, I, I, I dug the blue. I'm, I'm not sure if I was feeling his voice at times, but the whole—I mm-hmm. mean, when, when they're when they're meeting for the first time in in Times Square, and and Max is trying to remind Spider-Man that you know he's his eyes and ears, and you know, and you save me, and and he's like, oh yeah, you know, and I mean, I just think. Garfield is just in in that suit. He is just on, and and I am. I don't. It, my father could have been on fire. I don't even. I was just watching the screen. <laughs> I had no idea what else was going on around me. I didn't. I didn't care. I just as soon as I see him in the suit, I am glued to the screen, and and it's um and Lerve. and I hmm. and it it's just uh there were I, I didn't um I didn't mind the origins. And I, I thought maybe, um, if, if I am going to, if, if Vince, as much as you're not feeling the electro look, uh, just based on the trailers or images you've seen, uh, I can't imagine how you'll feel when you see Green Goblin for the first time. I've seen images, yeah. Eh, it's okay. Um, uh, I, I realize they have to put their, their personal spin on the design and they have to, you know, modify it for modern audiences and stuff, but I didn't like the Green Goblin from the Raimi movies. I didn't like Either. the This armor. is much better than that. It is. Okay. It absolutely is. And, and yeah. I think, I, I think the rhino twist is, is, is unique, uh, as far as them, you know, making weapons for the military, but, um, I, I'm also a big Paul Giamatti fan, so just seeing him in the movie, uh, it definitely improves it, but I, um, I, I am bummed that I just got to see him bookend the, the flick and, and yeah. I would have loved to have seen more and hopefully in the next one we will, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure you will. I just, uh, no, I, I, it, it definitely, it, it, it gets a thumbs up for me to surprise with no one, but it, it, um, it shouldn't, um, yeah, it, mine is, is a review that, that you really can't, uh, <laughs> uh, take as uh, as any sort of um, 
it, it's a huge endorsement, but it's not like, well, you looked at it objectively. I did not. I don't know how well regarded Rolling Stone is anymore. I don't. Um, but well, uh, I got a copy today and they review, um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and they only give it two stars. They say that. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. They say the, the franchise is definitely running out of steam. I don't know. I don't see how you can run out of steam after just two, but whatever. Um, Jason, one more thing mm-hmm. about Godzilla. Mm-hmm. It is an entirely humorless movie. Oh. There's, there's not one laugh in the, in the runtime. I'm good with that. Well, I'm just saying it's very somber, oh, very diet. That's what I mean. It's very, very dire, somber. Um, it's, it's a serious movie. It's that, that's one of the one mm-hmm. ways it's unlike your summer blockbusters. There's no humor in it at all. Well, like not, not even like just as an aside, like someone hits their head or you know how the goofy sure, things they sure. do in, there's none of that in Were it. Were there any, uh, end credit scenes? No. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. There was nothing. I wish there wasn't the, an Amazing Spider-Man too. Oh, you wish there, there was. wasn't? Yeah, because of the one that we got. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, is it, it's, it was it's a commercial, yeah, it's a commercial it? for Days of Future Past. Oh, okay, yeah. But you know why well, they, they did wanted... that, right? Uh, I believe because of uh, contractual obligations, or so he can go do another movie or something. Exactly. Yeah. It okay. Was a deal they made to let him out of his contract to do this movies that they okay. had. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you guys another question about the Spider-Man movie. Yes. Um, I haven't been to New York for probably two or three years now, New York mm-hmm. City. For shame. Is, is, are flying police cars a major issue in New York City? <laughs> because, for real, seriously, it was like four or five times in one two-hour movie that Spider-Man caught police cars. That, that seems like his main ability after being bitten by that spider You're right. to catch police cars from hitting people. True, but if I'm, if I'm playing the devil's advocate, I thought one of the coolest scenes in the movie was the bus thing because it's, oh, it's an homage oh, to that was the great. early Spider-Man image. And he, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool that he caught and saved the bus. I mean, that was, yeah, the like, bus was cool. The, 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 the biggest nitpick I have in the movie and it's totally a nitpick. But I just thought it was – I thought that one of the coolest things about the, the, these two films is the way that they made Gwen not just a pretty blonde girl next door, dimwit. She was arguably as smart as Peter, if not smarter, and very independent. And so it made total sense in the context of how they portrayed her that she would be ready, willing, and able to put herself in harm's way to save yeah. the day. But then she fucking presses a big red button. <laughs> like, yes, that's, that's the fuck, dude. I know, like, that was, that, that's that was, not, you know, that's, that's, I'm sure again, in the context of a comic book, that would probably not seem it. like a big deal. But yeah, she had to find the key, <laughs> open up the plastic casing, and press a giant red button. I mean, she, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I told, I told David today that, that, that what happened to her, she deserved it, and that I really yeah. wish, I really wish that at the, at that, the, uh, um, Dennis Leary would have showed up again in Peter's mind and, and looked at Peter and said, yeah, I'm not going to blame you for that. <laughs> it really, I mean, it was, yeah, uh, it, it, uh, I mean, everything leading up to that. If he was like, you mad, bro? You yeah. Mad? <laughs> it, was, it was, um, the thing about, you know, her, her saying that, you know, that, that then, and that's why you're number two at, at, at Midtown High. I thought that just, that just leads to their whole chemistry and, and working off together. If, if anything, this movie should get two thumbs up because Peter 
stops using Bing and actually uses Google to search for yes. shit. Yes, he got smart. And and honestly, I think the movie would have been much higher in both of these films would have been much higher in my mind, particularly as time goes on, if they just had gotten rid of the superfluous Peter's parents subplot. I I, I generally don't think that served any purpose but extending the movie. And I, I think that the movie was 30 minutes too long. And if you took all 30 minutes involving Peter's parents' backstory and his search for them and the... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lair that was hidden. Um, then, <laughs> that was then, crazy. Then, then you, I think you'd, you'd have a, a tighter, more action-packed Superman, Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. I, I think you're right. It's even unnecessary in the comics. Well, yeah, I mean that whole that that was that 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 Michelini stuff. It's like why why are we suddenly talking about Richard and, and Mary? But the you don't even need no, to know that. No, they're, 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 they're all in there and they're working for yeah, they're, they're, shit. No, they're, they're dead. They don't exist. And, Mario said it. Their 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 best function is to be yes, dead. Absolutely. Right, exactly. They don't yeah. exist. The, you 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 you're introduced to Peter, basically being brought up by by May and Ben. That's it. That's all you need to know. Well, all and, you need to know. And Dap, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm glad you love the film, but I'm surprised that that subplot didn't bother you because I thought that where the film most gets it wrong relative to the essence of Peter is by obsessing. About his parents so heavily in this one to the point where the actors that portray them are on screen quite a lot and back in, in back that they really give almost no consideration this film. They did in the first one, but this film to Ben and how that drives Peter to be who he is. You're absolutely right. We, no, as- you know, he, he, he's, he's clearly, he's clearly feeling guilty about, about, uh, Captain Stacy. He's clearly feeling guilty or in longing to understand the role his parents played and what happened to them. But Ben is pretty much lost in this. He's right. not. He, he doesn't. There's not a moment where Peter is is taking action because of Ben in this one. Now, again, in the first one, that was that was the driving force to him becoming Spider-Man, and we got the whole, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and all that. So we got all that. But it just it seemed odd to me that because I think when you think of Spider-Man, if you were going to make a bullet points of of the defining characteristics of any superhero, Uncle Ben has got to be on everybody's top five. And and so I I I, I wish that they had just focused on that more. I think and, that's where the Raimi ones got it right, and this did. And if I had to juxtapose the two, I think Raimi really got the Ben relationship and and made you he feel hammered that, that home. And every I mean, in the second movie, Peter's trying to explain to May that you know it's his fault because he Ben took him to the library. He he ripped into Ben, and then we we had the accident. At the car. And in the third movie, we're introduced to the Sandman, who, of course, is tied into Ben's murder for some stupid mm-hmm. reason. So, yes, R- Raimi definitely hit that point in every movie. This one, as you're mentioning, um, I mean, I, I, I like Campbell Scott, so I'm, I'm, I'm cool with watching him. But as, as you said it, I had, once, once we were past that and into Spider-Man swinging through the sky, I forgot about the beginning, and yes, if 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 we had gone back to uh, the airplane and 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 the assassin and and everything that went on on the plane, if we'd gone back to that, that may have made sense. But as you mention it, yes, that 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 seems to have just and we we already know that that his parents left to know that whatever happened in that plane crash, we that was. That was extraneous. That that I could have excised from from the movie and and moved on from there. I mean, it was neat 
to see it from a different perspective because we only kind of got it from Peter's, uh, the point of view in the first movie where the, the, the window's broken and, and, and the place is trashed. And next thing you know, Peter's being dropped off at, at Ben and May's and, and, and Peter's parents are talking to them and saying that, listen, we're, we're taken off and that's the last we see of them. I thought that looking at it from a different perspective and, and seeing what Richard was doing and, and how it tied into, um, what, what, what Norman was trying to do and, and with, with working with Richard and, and the whole thing, it, it, it was neat to tie it into, um, maybe saving Harry, but the, uh, as far as the plane and what happens after they drop Peter off, I, I agree with you. I think we could have done without that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I, to people that are wondering, cause it seems like a very divisive film, uh, when you listen to people's reviews that I, I definitely don't think it's uh it's a bad film. Um, I, I don't understand the hate. Uh, I think there's plenty of things you can nitpick, but, um, I'll just leave it the way I started, which is to say that leaving the film, I had a smile on my face and yep. my, my two boys that didn't get scared, <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine and eleven year olds, uh, thought it was great. Uh, so you know, if if anything, no one's dad got sucked away by a hurricane, by a tornado, and 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 you wondered why he didn't bother to save him. I think that well, is definitely the same way. Right, right yeah, I mean, man of man of steel's an abomination, so we don't need to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so pleased you feel that way. <laughs> it is. No, I mean, I, I try every time. Every time, and I know, anytime something comes up about Man of Steel on Facebook that either Mario posts or I post, and, and we're usually there to back each other up. But yeah, I, I, I look back on it. I try to think about things, and I'm like, well, that could have been neat. But at the end, it was just when when you when you collect all your thoughts from from the entirety of the movie, it's like all two of them. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> like wow. I mean, from the beginning to end, it's like some things were cool. It's like, hey, John Byrne. Thank you for that, and and then there, you know, it's just he's he's a fucking murderer. It's just that that's what it comes yeah. down to. I don't even like to put the film in the show notes. I don't even want to give no, it. No, it no. What did David the, Goyer the, and and Zack Snyder? What what kind of dirt do they have on <laughs> on DiDio and Diane Nelson? And I mean, they're they're I'd, I'd love to know that because I I don't know I don't I you know it's like I don't know how you. I don't know how you, you have the Nolan films, right? <laughs> and then you have Man of Steel, and then you're like, yup, that's our dude. <laughs> that dude right there, he's taking us to the next level. You, Justice League, baby, it's yours. I'm like, Re- really? Like, re- yeah. I, 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 stands for what? Yep. Shit, shit. <laughs> shit. I, I think they're making a very, very bad career move in tying the Superman stuff so heavily into this, this, uh, or, or the Batman stuff into the Superman stuff. That's not a good no, idea. No, but it's I, I'm looking at it as not at the hands of this new, guy. It's new Batman stuff. It's not. It has. No, I'm looking at it as it has nothing to do with what Nolan did. Those separate yeah. entities, they, they can exist on their own. They're, they're like Elseworlds. This is what DC <laughs> or Warner Brothers is doing now. Mm. Is the Man of Steel is their Iron Man. And now they are going to make their Justice League movie. I think that says a lot. That <laughs> well, that's just, exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. 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 But enough DC bashing. Comics, baby. Comics, yeah. yeah. I have something uh, very special. Oh, special. Ooh. Very, very different, too. Mm-hmm. All new, all different? 
No, it's not Marvel. Um, you are not going to be able to find this in your average comic book shop. Oh, sh- You're going to have to, you know, go to an, uh, a bookstore or maybe Amazon store. Yeah, is it, I was going to say store. Is that different sh- than a store? <laughs> Show up to the store. It's it's a giant 10 by 13 hardcover. <gasps> yeah. Uh, it is sequential art, so I'm saying it right now. It's comics. It was originally published in 2013 by a French publisher called uh, Editions 2024, and I'm sure there's some French lilt to editions, but I'm just going to say it like American. American. Editions 2024. <laughs> uh, it won the Angoulême Young Readers oh, Award snap. last year, I believe, uh, in addition to a couple of other um, awards and it was released a couple of weeks ago on this side of the pond by the fine folks at Abrams. Mm. What's it called? It is called Jim Curious: A Voyage to the Heart of the Sea, written and illustrated by Matthias Picard, and the damn book is in 3D. Oh, what? I'm ordering it right this second, <laughs> right here. It's on its way. <laughs> it it's completely wordless. Which, which raises a very good point. This is a book that will reward the reader commensurate to the amount of time you're going to put into it. Now you can, you can just skim this thing and just take it all on surface level, pun intended. There's going to be a lot of those in this. Uh, you could just dip your toe in and get a great story or you can dive in deep like Jim Curious. And there's so many layers to this thing. It is amazing. The um, and one of the thing, it's David. It's like Ray Zone level. Oh, of you're killing me because yeah. I can't get it. But one of the things that's really surprising about it, it's a very dark book. I mean, you have this kid, Jim Curious. He he lives in a little coastal, little sleepy coastal village, in in a in a what looks like a one room shack, and he descends into the ocean to do a little bit of exploring. He's got an old-timey diving suit on with a round helmet with, mm-hmm. with the, the porthole on it. And the uh, the style of art, um, it's not scratchboard, I don't think, but it, it's it's done to mimic scratchboard or woodcut. Like, it's really heavy on the blacks with white used uh, for highlight. And it's amazing. Like, as the deeper the kid goes, the darker the panels get, but it's all in 3D and it all works. It's, it, it's astounding why this thing works because it's so damn dark. It's not very colorful at all. I mean, you're going to the, the, the bottom of the damn ocean and, uh, to do that in three dimensions without a whole lot of color, that's, that's a feat in, in, in my mind, but, the the base the gist of the story is Jim Curious is an explorer, okay, he, and he he goes into the the ocean with his little diving gear on, and um, one of the early statements in the book is the coastline, the area in close proximity to the the village is littered with human detritus. Like there's a shopping cart thrown in the water. There's a gigantic pipeline that he has to navigate. There's a car underwater, an old monitor, like just, just human waste all over the place. And, and he's got to navigate this. But once he gets past this, the, the, the cast society's castaways, right? 
The world opens up to him and you see all these beautiful plants and he follows a sea turtle uh, and then the vista opens up and it's just like, holy crap, it's all in 3D. You see all these different levels of like there's the top level the closest to you what is what I'm describing the top level or like a fish and then the next level there'll be like, um, you know, your your sea anemones and your your plant not plankton um coral reefs and stuff and then it pulls back farther and you get this ma- this sense of this massive scale in this book he he communes with the da- various animals and he follows uh fish around but then he gets tailed by a great white shark and it is fucking menacing man this thing is huge and there's a double page spread where the kid gets buffeted by the shark who's really chasing a school of fish and there's this circular motif to the design. It's like I said, double pay. It's awesome, man. And the belly of the shark is like pure white. So that pops. And it's, it's just great stuff. But there, as he, as he descends even further, there's a World War II, um, airplane that, that is, is crashed and, and landed on the, on the, you know, uh, this reef. Then, uh, as he goes down farther, there's a Spanish galleon. It's amazing, amazing stuff. And it just keeps getting darker and darker and darker. He, he explores the, the ship and, and he thinks he finds a, uh, a treasure chest in there. And there's a light coming from the inside of the treasure chest, but it's a bioluminescent fish. And, and he follows that fish and it descends even farther. And I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end because the story, like, it almost descends into dream logic at the end. And that's where the statement is made about, you know, what's going on here. And you can take it a whole bunch of ways, but it's all Poseidon. There's a temple underneath, uh, towards the bottom of the ocean. This thing is magnificent and the art is just great. It looks like it, it, it looks like a cross between like the underground style and that, that, European pacing where we're just going to take the story easy and we're just, you're just going to make the journey with us and no rush. We're just going to float down and leisurely pace, just experience all the wonders of the, this, what is essentially like an alien world, right? I mean, how much of the, the ocean floor has been uh, explored? Not a whole hell of a lot, right? And then there's a couple of pages with, um, uh, those underground steam vents, those, uh, like the hot springs, you know, the tubular structures that release the, from the, the, the earth's core, they release all that heat and, and shit. There's, con- there's concentric circles. Man, does, um, Picard use concentric circles to, to great effect. And there are different levels of concentric circles. Like you, as you're looking at this thing with the 3D glasses on, you can like, I, I try and do it all the time whenever I, I, good 3D, you can try and twist the book and tilt it to look behind some of the layers oh, and nice. you see other yeah, it's really cool and it's cheap the the cover price of this baby i think is like 14.99 i or around there 14 or 17.99 i got it on amazon for like 12 bucks i just bought it for 14 bucks yeah Jeez. 25 25 list price but I just, bought, yeah. okay. I just bought it for 14 on Amazon, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, you, the list price is 19.95. There you go. Says on the back here. It's, uh, Abrams Books for Young Readers. Um, and the blurb on the back is, 
Uh, Jim Curious, follow a daring young boy who makes a thrilling trip to the bottom of the ocean all by himself. Incredibly detailed 3D illustrations make the wonders Jim encounters jump off the page. I, I totally agree with that. The, the 3D in this is just really sharp. And it's totally surprising due to the lack of color. How, how do you make black and white pop? Awesome. But he, they, they do. They, and the cover's astounding. The cover's that in color. great. Yeah, it's really good. Well, that that's the style throughout the book. Picture that um black and white and that's that's your style. Yes, I saw the two-page spread with the shark. It it's it's amazing. So, this is one of those things that after you experience it, you're like, yeah, it's going to be hard to top that for the 11 O'Clockers. The singular experience, and they got the edge because not only is it sequential art, but it's sequential art you can navigate. You can, you're, you're in this world. It's totally immersive, and a pun intended. And, and it's just, it's, you're sucked into this world and you never want to leave. And that's the part that I was talking about before. It, the, the amount of time you spend on this is up to you, but the longer you linger, the more you're going to see. It is. It's just so good. And I, I was looking through, uh, books a million and, and I always go to the kids section just because of this fact, because we don't always know what's out there, right? A lot of children's books these days are comics master, masquerading as children's literature, right? So I just checking it out and the thing just like jumped off the shelf. Take me home and I went home and ordered it on Amazon because I don't get a discount. <laughs> But yeah, it's great stuff. I I highly recommend it. Now that next time if I'm hanging at Jason's crib, I'll have to read it. You have an adventuresome spirit. You're gonna love this book. Mm, can't wait. Yeah. yeah, me too. Look at you bringing up seems like two copies before we even put it on the air. Yeah, no shit. Yes. It seems like something too that like it's wordless, which is cool because you know my daughter's four. She's just kind of learning how to read now. But like that kind of stuff, like really, you know, is she'll she'll enjoy it because it's you know. Tells a story without the words. And my kids got a kick out of it too because I was in my, uh. And she's never experienced man. 3D before. That's Yeah, cool. that's what I'm, and I'm reading it in my man cave and I have the 3D glasses <laughs> on. Then he comes in, he just looks at me, shakes his head and walks out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I picture you, I picture, I, picture, I picture you saying you're reading in your man cave. I picture you just like sitting in like the smallest bathroom in your house. <laughs> no. On the toilet. I cannot do that. I I do not linger on that thing. I get in there, do my business, and I get the hell out. Mm. No, I do not like the bathroom. Nah, but yeah, it's superb. Very surprising. Uh, that the new to me. I may use it for that. I may use it for best graphic album. I don't know, but it's just. Well, when was it published? Well, originally 2013, but it, on uh, in America this year. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't worry about the new to me. Alright. There you go. Check it out. Edumacation. Did, uh, speaking of, of, of having shit sent to you on time, did you ever get Andre the Giant yet? No. I, and you know why? <sighs> get this. I screwed up. I'm, I added it to my DCBS order and I must have been juggling stuff to, to make the the, that, that magic number where the, the wife won't give me the hairy eyeball. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and I think, I, I think I removed it because I looked on my list and it's not on there. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to prime it. You're going to have to. I, oh, I never it. ordered it? I did, but I must have taken it off. I distinctly oh. remember adding it to my order. 
and I must have taken it. I do that all the time. My, my DCBS order is almost never finalized. I put shit on there, and I'm like, yeah, well, I think... they take late orders? Uh, they do take late orders, but that's another order, which is another... I never do is, that, man. Like, I, I, I look at the spreadsheet when it first comes out, read previews, then around the 20th, 21st, I do the spreadsheet, Boom, look done. it over, save it, like a day or two later, open back up, scan it again, upload it, and I'm done. I never, almost, I, I never add stuff. I, see, that's the problem with me. As soon as I get yeah, the previews, I, I make my order, mm. and, and then I, I contemplate and I, I deliberate, and I just well, may, yeah, exactly, because I had final uh, uh, Forever Evil, the collected <laughs> on my list what? for, yeah, <laughs> I did. And, oh, Mario, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> You, fucking, you, 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 you had Forever Evil on there and did not get Andre the Giant? Oh, listen. I'm talking about this one. I, I had Forever Evil there only because I, I like the art, right? Shut up. And that last page of issue seven, I'm like, dude, hey, this is going to lead somewhere. But then I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I ordering this? So I took it off. I, Finch is good. I do like my Finch. Cool. So, so, alright, so then, then, um, I mean, I, I, I ordered it while, while I was yeah, on vacation. There's no such thing as spoilers, right? We can't, we don't have to worry about spoilers. Yeah, it's, it's, it, well, I mean, I don't want to ruin it. Guess what, he dies. He dies at the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a big a guy. A giant wrestler who drank too much and then died. <laughs> Boom, done. It's, uh, I mean, I, I, I ordered it while on vacation. I had a sense of the Minions house, and then he brought it into work Monday. And I, I finished it Monday evening and, and I, I could not stop reading it. And it's, it's not like, it's, I'm not going to say it's a quick read because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's over 200 pages. But, um, for those familiar with Box Brown's work, the, the, the line work is, is sparse, but he does everything that, that needs to be told within those lines. Uh, but, the, the line work is brave. That's what it is. Okay, it's freaking brave to to draw like that. Uh, it's. Wait, can you flesh that out? What do you mean by that? He's not hiding behind technique. He with, with a, a very clean, pure line like that. It's he's got to make every line count. And to when you distill a style down to the the basic essentials, like. I don't think he could take too much away from his style and still be representational. I mean, it's it's so sparse, and that that is brave to to bear yourself like that and and have that kind of confidence in your design where you just use a mere handful of lines to represent people everyone knows. That's friggin' brave. It is. You got to be damn good to do that. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, like he, he's not Liefeld. God love him. You know what I mean? Like Liefeld hides behind a blizzard of of marks, right. and that's cool if that's your style. You know, if you can make that work, then that's awesome. But Brown, he just he he no speed lines, he just, no cross hatching, no, no, no uh, he just yeah. lays himself right out there, and that's 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 terrifying to an artist to just yeah. But it's less is it, more. It, it, but it works here. I mean, these are characters that. Uh, Depending on how how long you've been following professional wrestling, these are all characters you, you're going to know, and, and whether or not you want to actually call them characters or, or real people, um, 
but it is it's 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 basically aside from the first couple of pages, which is an interview with Hulk Hogan uh, from about four years ago. Um, Comic interview or text interview? It's it's a tra- it, it's a it's sequentially told, but it's it's a, it's oh, basically nice. a transcript of a video interview Hogan had back in like 2010. Um, so so Brown is just uh, putting that on paper. And then from that point forward, we meet day day as 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 getting ready to go to school, and and from there, everything's linear. We 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 move forward, and um, and there are definitely some parts of Andre's life that uh, that Box Brown spends more time on, or or this was yeah, he definitely wanted to show this part of Andre's life, like. WrestleMania three, mm-hmm. like the people that he worked with when making the Princess Bride, uh, some of the after hours um, <laughs> hotel or bar fights. Uh, it, it's not a it it it's not an everyday a day in the life of of Andre for for however long he lived. There are definitely highlights uh, his interview. On, on, when talking with David Letterman. I mean, th- there are, there are a lot of things here where, um, it, I would say it, it paints Andre in, in a, um, in a positive life. Even, even for people who may have heard about Andre ever being racist. It, it, it is that in there? Oh yeah. It, it is in here, but the, it's, the bus, it's, the bus scene the bus, is in uh, there? Uh, was it the bus or the plane? Yeah, it was the a bus plane scene. scene. And it was, was something a on a, okay. it was a bus. Um, cause, the, cause Box pull, did that for, um, bus over is the scene. Yes, and, and it's, and, and it's, it's, it's Bad News Allen or Bad News Brown, depending on if you're yes. a class yes. fan or a WWF fan. Uh, it, it's. And Hogan's on the bus too. Hogan's on the bus, Stan Hansen's on the bus, cause they're, 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 they're going, it, it's, they're touring Japan. But it's, um, it, it, it's there. And I don't want to say that it's, it's, Glossed over, but it is, it's, it's all told tidy in, in a few pages. And then, and then Alan shows up again later on in the book and, and there, there's a recall to the bus incident, but it's not like, you know, they're not bogging the book down with, you know, and, and Andre was right. a racist who, you know, who, who, who beat women and, and neglected his children or anything like that. It's, it's just, it, Box Brown is basically giving you Andre's life in 200 some odd pages. Yeah, that bus sequence was um, published in Atomic Elbow like months and months ago. Oh, so, cool. Okay. Yeah, there's a reason to read that. It's a, that's a great zine. But um, yeah, and I, I was I was I was afraid that that was the direction the entire book was going to go no. in. That you know, but that's cool that it's no, not. Box is, is an Andre the Giant fan. If you can get anything out of this, that, that's what you get from this book. He wasn't trying to, um, throw mud on him or anything like that. It was, it's, it, 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 it looks to be, I, I put the book down. It, it, I read it as, it was a labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as I gotta say about Andre, um, as far as wrestling goes or, or pop culture personalities, there, there's not a whole lot of people that disliked Andre the Giant. Well, and that, that's, I mean, he I, just had this 
I don't want to say lovable, but he, he seemed to elicit, um, something in, in the people who, who knew him that, that respect, admiration, I don't know, just, just, uh, the, he doesn't seem like, you can even, even your most popular ref, wrestlers, like Steve Austin, there's, there's a decent amount of people who really don't dig Steve Austin, or, or, you know, you can't see me, yeah, no, I'm serious. But it just seems like Andre was like almost universally beloved, mm-hmm. which is rare. I think that's conveyed in this book. I mean, yeah. I, I think Box Brown conveys that 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 in spite of Andre being an alcoholic, in spite of his uh, insensitivities, in spite of his being, um, you know, uh, shall we say, not the most responsible creator of children. <laughs> um, you know, he, he, he was liked though. Like the people around him liked him genuinely, you know, that, that even, even when he was like, there's even scenes where he drinks too much and he's a total jerk off and, and, and people would just like, ah, he doesn't really mean it. You know, it's, it's, he, he had one of those kind of personalities that even when he was being awful to those around him, they, they didn't, they did, they always viewed it as, well, that's not the real Andre. Yeah. There, uh, Brown cites his sources. There, there's a few he pages. He does. Very of, responsibly. Of yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's, uh, the Princess Bride section, uh, the stories are from interview extras from the Princess Bride DVD, mm-hmm. uh, except one part about a bar bill, which comes from Bobby Heenan's book. So he, he definitely read mm-hmm. up on, on this guy. He, one He's got a Robin that, Wright little vignette in there. He's got a Mamie yeah. Tinkin yep. vignette in there. I was hoping to see, and, and I'm, of, of everything in the book that I'm bummed that was omitted was, um, and maybe it just didn't fit, um, Tim White, who was a referee for the WWF for years in WWE, uh, was Andre's handler for a while. And, and Tim White actually, Tim White had to stop being a referee because, um, he got injured in a, uh, he was injured in a cage match. Involving Chris Jericho, uh, and, and Jericho, from what I remember, um, felt so guilty about that, that after White had to retire and stop being a referee, um, Jericho still compensated him after the fact, and, uh, White was on, and there was a documentary, probably on history or something, years ago, and, and White was interviewed, and, and he was, um, he did know Andre, and there were absolutely no parts in the book where the Tim White's mentioned or appears or uh, or is referenced. So they, when it ends, it, the book kind of ends abruptly. Um, but before leading up to those final pages, um, there's the whole thing with uh, with with Andre coming out to. Um, to the barber shop, and and it's one of the last times where he was kind of seen because he was um, older and graying, and and needed the assistance of uh, of a cane to, to get around and things like that. So it's it, Brown definitely covers his life. Just um, if I have to nitpick, it it doesn't. It, it's not as um, comprehensive as I would have. As I was led to believe before ordering the book. Yeah, that was my thing too. There, there's not a ton of new information. Right, right. But like, right. it's Box Brown's storytelling. Um, he reveals things in like a, in a, in a way. And I found myself, when I was reading it, looking up YouTube clips 
Mm. And like, you know, like reliving like these moments, like you said, like the barbershop where, I mean, I, I never realized, I, I mean, I haven't seen it. I've seen, I've saw it once in my life, I'm sure, but going back and watching it. And you, I mean, he really does get choked up in that. You know what I mean? His eyes get wet when he's talked, when he says, you know, it might be the last time you see me. I mean, that's some real shit. That's, yeah. it's moving. Yeah. But like, you know, like outside of the, like, it's not the thing that the stuff that shines for me in the, in it is, is when Box Brown moves away from just relating the stories in like the documentary fashion from stuff he's read and watched and he starts using his cartooning in an interesting way. Like whenever he talks about Andre's, um, I don't know how you pronounce it. Is it acromegaly? Whatever the, the the giganticism disease he has is. Um, but the way he, um, like he does these panels or these full page things where, you know, he's showing, you know, a, a diagram of Andre and, you know, what's happening with his heart and how his body can't right, keep up right. and his joints mm-hmm. are, you know, like he's slowly becoming, you know, crippled from, from this disease. And like, you know, telling it with visually, you know, with his, with his cartooning, it's just, I think it, it works really well. I'd agree. And it's as much yeah. a, 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 a professional wrestling tutorial as it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Box Brown does not, he does not suffer wrestling neophytes lightly in this. He, he, he uses tons of, of industry terms, whether it be, you know, that this thing was a shoot mm-hmm. or, you know, this guy was marking out or gimmick. Andre, right. It was a gimmick. Andre agreed to put him over. Um, so reading this book as a, as a professional wrestling fan, I'd love that. Um, and, and box does give you little asterisks when he uses terms of art so that people that aren't as familiar will understand it. But, uh, I love that he wrote it for people that understand professional wrestling in the terms. Yes. Yeah. So. And how exciting is this for Box Brown? Somebody who has like slugged it out in the trenches of the medium for so damn long and, and he just, you know, unceasing. The guy just kept producing work like constantly. And now the, all the notoriety and attention he's getting for this book, I, I'm thinking that this is going to make him. And that's great to see one of these guys just like elevate almost well, we, we see it as instantly, but I'm sure he doesn't see it that right. way. I mean, he has put his time in. Well, he's been and, part and of the, um, uh, the, oh damn, the, um, the Kickstarter. Retro, ret, retrofit. Uh, oh yeah, the retrofit guys. I mean, he's everywhere, really. But also the Ryan Estrada stuff. He's had some work done that, uh, oh, right. that, that Ryan Estrada has yeah, the included whole, with the, the whole Kickstarter. Story. Right, the whole story. So yeah. there's, but I mean, so, so we're familiar with him, but, Yes. That's what I'm saying. He's omnipresent. I mean, you, you know, you can't look at, uh, indie creators and not encounter anything that, you know, done by Box Brown. He's got stuff everywhere. He was involved. Was he involved in Secret Prison? Yes, I think so. That's, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost sure he yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I get this. I work with a woman who occasionally corresponds with Andre's daughter. She's a huge, uh, not the daughter, the woman I work with. She's a huge Andre fan, and I guess early in her life she reached out to her because they kind of had the same situation with the absentee father 
and you know growing up um basically alone um and they started to correspond with each other and she just told me like either yesterday or today that um you know the daughter has moved on like she doesn't consider it as debilitating as she once did but uh, i guess she's happy with the fact that many many people you know recognize her father and and love her dad so i i, I guess there's some healing going on there but i can i can get into it if you want to know more like i, I can i can get in a little deeper with her Yes. So yeah, that's, you I mean, have her yeah. on as your next interview for people to oh. enjoy or not enjoy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very well said. Six degrees of Andre the Giant, which would only be one, right? Yeah, but but uh, excellently done. Uh, it's it's and, and I think Mario hit hit the nail on the head. The 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 moments that are going to stick with you are the ones where Box uses his cartooning skills and, and also his clear affinity for. Uh, graphic pop art imagery, um, so awesome. and, and infographics. Uh, in a way, you know, not. I mean, you could say he's he's certainly from the the Chris Ware school on that front. Uh, yes. He's a different type of cartoonist, but he 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 uses uh, that heart scene. Certainly, there's there's uh, there's there's a few others. Like there's one where it's making the case of Andre becoming the biggest star in Japan, and it's, you know, it's it's done as a poster with Japanese, uh, you know. Uh, uh, letters and the likes so of kanji. Yeah. So, um, but no, it's, it's, it's great. I, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's going to be one of those books too. I suspect will be on the vast majority of best of lists as we're ah, wrapping up the year. I'm sure. I can't wait. So what do you think? Uh, you, you mentioned Chris Ware. I, I don't get the, the sense of, um, the mechanical when I look at boxes work, like with sure, Chris Ware. Sure. Yeah, you, I would agree. You, yeah. Yeah, there's a more organic feel, mm-hmm. but I totally agree that it comes from the same, relative same source. Yes, I yeah. think that's a great way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm an idiot. He drank 7,000 yeah. calories of alcohol a day. <laughs> and that's the thing, I mean, when, when, when I mean, you mentioned what? him being a, an alcoholic oh, earlier, it's like if it doesn't, it just be, he drinks as much as it might take you or I to get buzzed. I don't know if that would just because of the amount of alcohol he has to consume to feel that. I don't know if I would call him an alcoholic. Oh, I think he was a pretty. Oh yeah, I think he pretty much drank every day. I mean, he drank he drank gallons of liquor. He drank yes, absolutely. But but how did it affect him? Well, I think he he became. I mean, he had his moments, right? He got in fights. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, he he definitely. Yeah, but I mean, I just. It's that scene where he's in the the uh, the local bar and they're trying to kick him out because he's because he's got his shirt off. He's got his shirt off, <laughs> yeah. and, and and then it gets all to the point where they call the police and the police come and see how big he is and they're like, I think we can bend the rules for this one. Yeah, time. yeah, let's all take our shirts off. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know what, David, I, I'm I'm not, I I know. Well, let's just do it this way. It's in terms of the body weight thing with the alcohol, I don't think the addiction is with the alcohol. It's with the inebriation. So I'm sure he was drinking for the same reasons that, you know, your alcoholics do. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, I think, I mean, no, Boss, it, Boss yes. portrays him as a guy that drinks to excess to feel because he has trouble right. feeling things. Um, and uh, absolutely, I, I think that's... Uh, I don't, I mean, I, again, I don't know that that's in dispute. If you just Google Andre the Giant alcoholism, you'll see, tw- you know, you'll see tons of, uh, heck, there's even a BuzzFeed, 22 incredible stories that prove Andre the Giant was an alcoholic. I mean, yeah. like, you know, there's, there's, it's a legendary part of his life, right? So. Yeah. 
But he was a cool dude, man. And and I know as a kid that grew up in that WrestleMania era, I definitely uh, vividly remember not only him but but what a hero he was. And then for he was probably the first good guy that had a heel turn that yeah. meant something to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and and that's a big part of that too. He he. In the book, he, he he's on a plane and he calls him up and it's getting ready to come back and he it's at least as far as box portrays it, it was Andre's decision to turn heel because he knows it'll be a great storyline, a gimmick, and he calls and says, "I should I should be heel, I should be heel," and uh, and they go that that direction and the rest is history. So, hmm. how long before we get a Chief J Strongbow book? <laughs> how long before Chief laughing? J Strongbow's in the Hall of Fame? Ah, uh, it's sad. He's so good. I love him. So good. <laughs> he, his leg is starting to stamp. He's getting mad. I mean, Come Coco on. Beware's in the Hall of Fame, people. Poor <laughs> 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 Chief J. Mm. Ah. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, um. Renee can't see uh, me. So I saw Renee yesterday. What was? Dude. <laughs> That was a Seriously, top five moment in the city. city. So I, I work, I work on, <laughs> on 52nd and Madison. Mm-hmm. The Port Authority, where I get the bus, is 42nd and 8th. So there are literally about a hundred different combinations of routes I could take to get from my office to, to, to the bus. And then if you figure the number of combinations that David and Renee could have taken to get from where they parked to the restaurant they were meeting David's aunt, aunt had to be at least 50. And then you factor in the time uh, in a, <laughs> it was only a few minutes where we could have intersected. The odds were fairly astronomical that we would just run into each other. Yeah. Every day yeah. saw you and she was just like, is that She came running like straight up. Like, <laughs> She's like, look on my aunt, bitch. And she ran right towards you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to hear you say that to her. What? <laughs> you ever said bitch? You'd be like dad. She let, no, she, I'm saying she let go of my age. Like, oh, she said bitch to you? Oh, David bitch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's just right. Although, although she, she only wanted to talk to me for, she, she got tired of it because there was somebody smoking near us and so she had to step She up. said, yeah, no, she said we had to go, we, we, we have to go against the building over here because yeah, she had a fine blouse on too, like this silk joint. Uh-uh. <laughs> Alright, comics. Let's talk about them comics. What? What are you talking <laughs> about? talking about blouses. <laughs> well, we can talk about the play we saw last night, but uh-huh. what about uh, uh, comic book day? What about Did it? Did you read your free comic book day comics? Yeah, we've been uh, steadily talking about well, them. You talked about some of them. We didn't talk about two thousand AD, Hip Hop Family Tree. What else? Did I read? You know, I forgot. I didn't order Hip Hop Family Tree. <laughs> wow! Okay. You didn't order the free one. The free one. That's what I mean. Ah, uh, dude, you want, I'll send you mine. No, right. I won't. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, what else came? Oh, the, the, um, Rocket Raccoon. I did not what did you think of that? I, I liked it a lot. Didn't you think yes. it was a bit of a bait and switch though? Yes. No. I did. No. <laughs> Dude, it was like eight pages long and then they had some story that had nothing to do with the Rocket Raccoon. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's Sorry. It had, it had Nova in it, didn't it? Oh my right, God. but it wasn't, it wasn't a flip book. <laughs> they didn't know with this Rocket Raccoon and Nova flip book. <laughs> Considering how much I paid for it, uh, nah. You see, that's not fair. That is no. I thought the eight, I thought the eight pages of Rocket whatever the eight pages of Rocket Raccoon by what was it Adam Archer? I thought they were great. I I, I, I love cartoons, but I didn't need the ten pages of Nova. Is all I'm saying. So, I'm I'm hearing you on that. I give that a C minus because of that. 
All right. Do the Transformers but, versus G.I. Joe, though? I, mean, I didn't get it. Wait, what? what? I ordered it I ordered it from DCBS, and I didn't get my next box, so I, I haven't get seen monthly? it. Yes. Oh, that's uh, crazy. Nah, anticipate. Not a baller, yo. <laughs> that's cray-cray. That was nice, man. Whoa, Thank I gotta you. Tell you. We should have him on more often. Surely, he gets my stuff. He surely kills it. Oh, I'm sure. And you may remember, because he's been posting images on our forums for some time. Uh, there was some controversy when it was first solicited that he showed an image to the broader public of snake eyes being really handsome and speaking. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's mask and everyone started losing their minds. <laughs> he needed to have faith, dude. He, yeah. He, 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 he settles the issue in the free comic. I mean, the very first issue he ever does, he settles it. He makes it right. Nice. You need to relax. Relax. <laughs> Unclench. Unclenched, dude. That's it. <laughs> it was cray. You'll, Vince, you're gonna love it. I'm sure I will. But, uh, I ordered from DCBS, I ordered Sonic, the, the Sonic Mega Man thing, the, the Transformers, mm-hmm. the Archaea, that hardcover thing. How could you not order that? They're give, really? They're giving away hardcovers? You didn't order it? Mm, I did not. I'm not even a fan of Mouse Guard and I ordered it. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we got to pick five, I, I believe. Yes. Um, I can't remember what the other two were, I but I'm sure I'll be pleasantly surprised. I got the G.I. Joe Transformers. was awesome. Mm-hmm. Got the rocket, which I agree the rocket part was cool, but it, I felt chipped. I got the uh, Valiant Universe Handbook because, you know, I'm a sucker for handbooks. Oh, uh, that was really well put together, yeah, too. Yeah, I put that past my handbook. Got the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, issue, which I thought was terrific. Loved it. And that then be- the V Wars, Jonathan Mabry's new joint, which is actually being turned into a TV show, as I just found out. Yes, yes. I know what the other one I got was, the Future's End number zero. Which I'm bummed I didn't get it because I've heard several other podcasts review Future's End, and every one of them has said, if you didn't read zero, you're in a much worse spot. I agree. Yep, I, I will concur. So that pisses uh-huh. me off because I don't have zero. Uh, you will right after the show. Oh, nice. So maybe you can send it to me. <laughs> I don't feel bad because it was free. It was free. So okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah. I read up to issue uh, three. I do not do not think David's opinion of the series will change very much. Oh, awesome. Can't wait. Cannot <laughs> wait. It's, it's a little slow, a little deliberate. Yeah. yeah. It's like, dude, so I get that you have 11 months to tell the story, but that doesn't I mean, shit can happen between now and then, right? Yeah, they didn't say it was going to run fifty-two issues, though. I don't, I don't no, think you it go, is. No, if you go to Wikipedia, it says eleven months. If you look up, okay. if you Google Future's End, it says it's an eleven-month event. So it doesn't say anything okay. about fifty-two weeks or fifty-two issues. Um, I'm curious. I still, I, I know y'all poo-pooed the idea, but I still say they're going to do a reboot. No way. Based on, food. I don't. I'm, based on what I saw at the end of I, uh, dude, they have they, they have less than half of what they originally initially launched the new fifty two with at this point. I'm not. I I'm just watching on the sidelines. I I do not say they're not going to reboot. I don't say that they are. I I'm watching that. That's all I'm doing right now. Yeah. And and you know what? When your title when your when your flagship character is almost completely unrecognizable, yes, Aaron Cooter's doing fantastic work, but this is not Superman. How can you screw up Doomsday? Seriously. <laughs> I'm re- I'm reading this Doom series. 
it, it's almost unreadable. It really is. I, I just can't get through it. And it's freaking doomsday, and that saddens me. Well, to be clear about our last discussion on this, I didn't poo-poo the idea that they may reboot. I poo-pooed the idea that they're going to reboot back to the pre-52 oh, status right. quo. Yes. Okay, well, I don't know that for sure, but there's a character that pops up at the end of Forever Evil that would lead a person to believe that there is another crisis coming. And I agree with that. The, 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 the two weekly series and futures, uh, I'm sorry, the two weekly series and at roughly the same time, it coincides shortly thereafter with the 30th anniversary of crisis. So many are I, hoping, I would say is the word, versus basing on anything in fact, are hoping that that's not a coincidence and that it leads to right. another crisis that leads to. Now, we also have Morrison's Multiversity finally ready to come out. People have actually seen yeah. pages of it. It's, 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 it is finally coming. So yeah. maybe, maybe that has to do with it too, and I'd be cool with that. I, 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 yeah. I, if they cherry pick... Um, some continuity, continuity from pre New 52 and some from post New 50, well, current New 52. That would be fine by me. I just do not think what they got going on now with very few exceptions. Green Arrow, um, there, there's a couple books that are really working, but the rest of them, I just don't see it. I don't see these books enduring at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of Aaron Cooter, by the way, I don't know if he, he shouted, reached out to you guys. But he sent me, uh, he sent me notice this week that he was been meaning to tell us that he can't thank us enough that the last four cons he's been to, he's had multiple people at each con come up and sing his praises because of our, uh, giving him props. Nice. And he said it's, uh, really overwhelming and he wanted us all to know that he, appreciates it incredibly so well let's have him on he said he'd love to come on uh, also ryan brown uh echoed Oops. similar things yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he and i were talking about baseball this week and then he said by the way uh, thanks for all you guys do uh because he heard that we shouted out the news when god takes astronauts got made into a ongoing series and he also said number one he really appreciates it because people keep telling him that they uh, have heard about GHA from us um, oh, and, and, our, and our, our former co-host, who was probably the one that led the way there. Um, and uh, he, too, has said if and when we ever would like to have him back on, he'd love to come back on. So. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I want all those battle beasts that he has. Mm-hmm. I, want them, I want them all. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, should we wind down? Dude, I just got here. We've been on the air for an yeah. hour. Actually, well, I'm curious where, to know where if, you gotta go. I know. It's, I, you live in Pennsylvania, dude. What's that? We lose the co-host who used to complain about no, work, and then see, you're trying to wrap us up. Well, there, there is absolutely no finality to when I say let's, let's wind down. <laughs> wind down to us means there's gonna be like another half hour, 45 minutes. Right, so, I, um, I, if I, if I ask you to tell me who is who is Marvel's Justice League? Who would you tell me? Squadron Supreme. Squadron right. Supreme. Okay. Oh, you mean the literal? I mean, yes. yes. Marvel's. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I that is what, like the figurative, and that the most. Oh important. no! Oh no! 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 If if oh, okay. yeah, if Marvel has their own version of the Justice League of America, you guys would all say it's Squadron Supreme. Sure. Yes. I would have absolutely agreed with you. One hundred percent. Oh boy! Until I read 
the new Avengers 16 point now. I didn't read that yet. What's going on in there? You need to freaking read this book. 16 point now, whatever. I, I know, I know, I know. 16 point now or 17, whichever. I know, I'm just saying, I'm giving you the actual number. I know. But, um, this is, uh, this is basically, um, uh, Jonathan Hickman who, um, yeah, and, 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 new Avengers, and, new Avengers, and, and probably not, you know, if, if, if you're gonna, yes, absolutely thought Infinity was the bee's knees. I, I loved it. Um, say again? The bomb, yo. The bomb. Uh, but, um, if, if you read his, actually, and, and you kind of need to read Avengers, um, while you're reading New Avengers, whereas before, you know, you could kind of read one and then the other and then Infinity happened, but there's a, um, there's a page where, I think issue 17, where it says, you know, if, if you are going, make sure you read, uh, before you read 17, make sure you read Avengers 28, because this whole, um, what's, what, what's hat, what, what Hickman is, is doing in New Avengers with, with these map makers and, and different worlds and, um, and Bruce Banner finding out that, uh, Tony Stark has, um, brought the Illuminati back even after he swore that, that they wouldn't exist anymore. Um, I knew that was going to happen. Well, you have in, in, in New Avengers, um, Hickman has introduced a new, it, it, it's, it's an alternate earth, an alternate universe, um, that of course, uh, is the whole incursion and everything else that, that's been with the Black Swan and that, that Hickman's been doing from New Avengers number one or Illuminati 2.0, whatever you want to number it. It, it, this has been going on since this series started and, uh, we come across one of these earths that has a um that has a group um known as the society and and as i'm as i'm reading this and what's awesome is hickman you know who's the artist on on these the well actually no you don't yet but the artist on these two issues <laughs> i'm i'm no i'm 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 really am this this excites right, right. me it is fucking Rags Morales. So if you're going to if you're going to introduce a DC team, why not get the dude who's kind of known for drawing DC books? Is it good? You know what? It's I want to say yes, it is good, but it's it's a little different because Michael Baird did not ink him. He's, uh-huh. he's either inking himself or Frank Martin's doing the the finishing, but whatever. It's the artist is listed as Rags Morales. So so he um he doesn't have his his DC anchor on this. So it, it kind of looks like rags and then there are some pages where it, it, it doesn't, but it's still, it, it's clean. It, it looks good. Everything is, you can tell who people are. It, it, it works. Um, now I'm going to ask you a question like you asked us. Okay. What do you think is rags finest hour? Oh, what do I think? Um, as far as the, well, the last thing I think he did, that was great. The, the biggest wow. Yeah, um, I, okay, I, I'm not going to say the biggest wow is the last greatest thing I think he did, which is an identity crisis. Okay. Um, his biggest wow, I would have to 
I'd have to look at. I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to go back and and see because it hasn't been. It definitely wasn't Action Comics. It it isn't anything recent, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. You know what I think it is. What is it? Hawkman. I knew you could say that. See, and I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't reading Johns's Hawkman. I wasn't reading it when when Rags was on it. So I don't. Um, I'm not familiar with it. Oh, it's butter. It is so it is good. good. That's what yeah. I would have said. He did some good work on Turok too back in the day. Yep. Oh, yep. way back when, yeah. There, there are some spreads in Hawkman. They're just like you are inhuman. Right, you know what? Then I will. I will look. I will look for Hawkman then, based on your two guys. Did saying. he do Our Man? Yes. Yes, he did. That's good too. I think that's the first time I saw. Sure. Him. I oh, like that's right. Sure. So I. I, yeah, just, I mean, I. The Hawkman set? Or, no, no, that was the Iron Man set? That was yeah. Early 90s, so. There's Maybe definitely Arthur before I guess Arthur Armstrong would be the... Oh, wow, really? Yeah. He did a few issues of that, didn't he? Fill-in issues, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did, yeah, he did some things. And I know he did Turok a lot of it, but I didn't right. really dig on the Turok too much, so. No, <laughs> you don't like poor Turok. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, I'm still laughing at your last so comment. Turok with Valiant was, I mean, that, that, that started off on a bad note to begin with, because they, they promised the chromium cover, and it was just that goddamn <laughs> little sliver of, of something in the middle, and, and I was just like, and it's Bart Sears, who I kind of want to like, but it's like, dude, I don't, Nah, I, I just, like, by the way, all like this talk, you, you, you can, you can cue Tomio at some point on some, some place this week, bringing up, uh, uh, words yeah. of plasm. Um, and, and, it, uh, Mario, this, the thing that makes me laugh about Jason and Turok, do you remember what he said? He said, I said, yeah, that Turok was, was kind of good. And Jason said, yeah, but for Turok, good is a home run. <laughs> <laughs> God, why do you hate Native Americans so much? Oh, I'm part Native American. I don't want to hate my own people. <laughs> Jeez. So, so Hickman has introduced this team, um, Boundless, Dr. Spectrum, Sun God, the Rider, the Jovian or Hovian, uh, and the Norn. And as soon as I saw the Norn, that is didn't Captain Kirk fight him? That's, yes, he did. Uh, the, the, no, that was the Gorn. Uh, the, the, the Norn is Dr. Fate. Yeah. You have Dr. Fate in a goddamn Marvel comic book. You have, Boundless is Flash. Dr. Spectrum is, of course, Dr. Spectrum or Green Lantern. Sun God is Superman. The Rider is Batman. And, uh, and the last dude looks like Martian Manhunter. So it's, it's, it's nice. It, it's like, Hickman was like, you know what? Uh, fuck you and your Squadron Supreme. I am just this is and and now the latest issue, uh, which which I am up to. I haven't read yet. Um, the, the cover shows uh, the Illuminati taking on uh, the these DC heroes, and it is just I I got to this part, and and I've been reading the Avengers, and and the Avengers are been trying to catch up on the Avengers, and because um, while I was Last week I was, I, I, I caught up on Avengers World and Avengers and New Avengers and, and the, uh, Avengers has been neat because Hickman is just, it's all aim all the time. And there's a portal where the Avengers come through, but it's, at first you're looking at it and you think it's like the Avengers from, from the sixties or, you know, um, Six Avengers Forever, something like that. Ooh. But it's actually the Avengers from an alternate world, alternate universe, and they, uh, they're basically 
in control of that world. They, you, you bow down to the Avengers. They are. Um, you should. And they, 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 they basically, they, these Avengers, what they did is they, they kind of lobotomized Bruce Banner. So they, they, uh, so he cannot turn into the Hulk. They, they, they took that part of his brain that causes the anger and they, they inserted a chip and they take turns turning Bruce Banner into the Hulk. It's crazy, right? It is. It's, and they, and they each have like different, like you said, they, they take turns, like it's almost as if they each have a chance to have a pet. Yes. And, and he, he's, he's beholden to one of them at a given, at any given time. Oh, so they're, they're all bad. Yes, yes, because. So, so it's like the Earth 2, um. Yes. There's a squadron sinister. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, uh-huh. so, um, but it's, it's Thor spelled with two R's. It's General America. And what's awesome is when we are introduced to General America, Captain Marvel turns to Cap and says, Oh, that's got a sting, huh? <laughs> I mean, and all of a sudden, I don't know when the hell Carol Danvers turned into like Spider-Man on the Avengers, but she's, she's throwing these quips out left and right, but Hickman has just, I mean, as much as I, I absolutely loved Infinity, he has, I mean, post-Infinity, these Avengers, new Avengers and, and everything else he's been doing has just been, they've been stellar. He has not, most times you read an event and you're like, all right, the creator's going to take a breather. He's got to, you know, he's got to throw just some shit out there so he can catch his breath and then hit the ground running again. He has not stopped and, and it's just been insane. And I am, I am so into these, these two books right now. It's, um, it does my heart good to hear you speak about Hickman I'm like this Hickman. because, right, yeah, me too. Because at, at one time you were not his biggest. <laughs> not, no. Yeah. No, and, and it's just, it, it has been, Avengers has been fun, um, just because of, of what he's been doing. And, and I am glad, I mean, I'd be pissed if I had to wait to, to read the name. I mean, I've been stockpiling them so that I could read like, you know, four, right. five, six in a row. And, and, and I've been, I've been in a good place and, and I'm just, you know, going along and reading them. But if I, if I got to the end, of an issue of New Avengers and see that little goddamn A on the corner of the last panel and, and had to wait a month to, to, to read the next one. I'd probably be a little buttered, but this has just been, uh, I, I have been, I read, the, I, I took a, I, I took a picture of the panel where, um, where basically Hickman has this team and, and, you know, and, and basically talks about how, how the world lifted them up as, as saviors. And it is a, um, it's it's such a Justice League style pose with with these characters and and uh, yeah I so that's what that was that's what that was I, I saw that yeah that, that that was because uh, Derek actually asked me what issue that was from I mean they, I you could look at that and, and think it's an Elseworlds book or it's it's you know it, Remender's coming back with the End League 2.0 it, it it could have been anything but it was in an Avengers book and in a Marvel New Avengers book and and it's um. He's, wow. he's really just, you know, it, I, I'm a big fan of, of alternate universes. I, I loved what if back in the day, I thought, um, you know, I, I like the idea of the Injustice League or the Squadron Supreme and, and knowing that there are so many or, or going through Captain Britain and seeing all these different alternate universes and things like that. I, I love that. I love knowing that, you know, at, at one point in time, something happened where 
the Nazis won World War II or, you know, something else happened in history that just slightly forked in a different direction and, and knowing where or seeing where a creator wants to take that story and, and knowing that where, uh, you know, the, the spider didn't bite Peter Parker and, and, you know, so Spider-Man never existed in that universe and what else could have happened from that. And, and Hickman is just, he's, he's, uh, he's sitting all my buttons with this one. Wow. You're a chatty bastard. I am. Um, that, that's good though. But you know what? I, I can't wait to read this. But you know what else I want to do? And we got to be in agreement with this. I would love to devote an entire episode to what I believe to be the dark horse, the, the sleeper of the Avengers books. I'm slowly getting caught up on Uncanny Avengers. That book is the shit. I need to. Man. I need that. That is the oh, one great. That I, yeah, great. I, I'm I'm it way is, behind on that. Remender is doing so many good things in the. It, I mean, there's er, elements of Earth X in it now. Twenty ninety nine, Kang and Acuna's in there. Oh, come on. Acuna's never looked better. That's yeah. The last time the last He's issue I, uh, the last issue yeah, I come read on. was uh, was illustrated by and I. I was giddy because he actually showed Wolverine popping his claws and there was blood and I was just like, that's, yeah, no, he, he is, uh, the home run on, on yeah. Uncanny Avengers. So I will, yeah. alright, so for next week I will. Oh, we could do it next week? I, well, I'm just saying I'm going to try to catch up for mayhap, next mayhap. week, but maybe. Yeah, and the, and the stories are all interconnected. One leads into the next, which leads into the next. And he's just doing so many great things with these guys. Like, if you put Doom 2099 in a story, you have won me over right from the start. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you know who else is in there. Um, it's, it's, it's an amazing book. And, you know, when we, whenever we bring up Avengers, it's always the usual suspects like Hickman, Avengers. I don't think we talk a lot about Uncanny Avengers, and we should because it's just, well, from what I've read, it's just as good as uh, the books published concurrently. I think it's great. He's killing it, dude, on every one of his books. I know. And, and Captain America is something else I need to catch up on, too. So, you know, I hate to compare the two companies, but inevitably we always do. I, I think Marvel's got this golden age thing going on now. There, there's, there, there are a lot of books that are just producing where, where the stories are just so memorable. I mean, you could, you could rattle off a string of them and I can't say the same thing about the DC books. I really can't. Well, what's interesting is that it's, um, DC does the new 52. And again, we were very complimentary of the move and, and reviewed all the number ones and we're excited for what it might mean. And, the boldness yeah. of it and all that, and then and then the 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 uh, the evidence didn't back up the premise. I think right, but right. then Marvel announces the the you know its own effective numerical rebooting, uh, and and I think at the time of the announcement it gets fairly criticized as being a copycat move. Like oh here we go, you know Marvel's copying off of DC, renumbering everything, putting on creators but i think the difference is is exactly that which is that in retrospect the reason i again speaking personally for why i found more enjoyment out of the, what marvel did is marvel didn't reboot things to reboot them they 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 recognized that they had a lot of talented creators they believed in who were getting stale on the stuff that they were doing 
So they, they just played musical chairs with the creators. And they didn't do any major changes to the characters or reboot any continuity. They just said, all right, you're going to take a look at this character set now. And I think that worked more naturally and organically than yep. than what the New 52 was. And again, at the outset, I think the New 52 was a brilliant idea and bold. But it just failed because there was either not enough editorial mandate as to what was expected of the New 52 or it just evolved away from whatever mandate was given, which is to say that you know, you had things like Batman, which didn't change at all. And then you had other stories, which were essentially complete redefinitions of the characters. Superman. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, that, that's the biggest failure to And me. as much as I'm a Morrison fan, and, and I think... He deserves a tremendous amount of praise, and I'm very excited for Multiversity. You know, this isn't the first time he's dropped the ball on a, a core book in DC. I mean, he 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 was supposed to be one of the flagship writers of the New 52 and redefine action in Superman, and he basically got bored of it and walked away very quickly um, before he really made I, his mark. Yeah, I thought what he did produce was good, but I don't think it was good enough for a relaunch yeah. like that. Speaking yeah. of, 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 of Morrison, did you guys know that the, uh, fill-in stuff that was done toward the end of Batman Inc., that Burnham went back and redrew all those pages for the Omnibus? I did not. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, 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 I think it's this, it's either, it was either last previous or this previous, the Batman Incorporated Omnibus. Yeah. Um, all the pages that were done as fill-ins, Burnham redrew himself. So it's 100% Chris Burnham in the, in the Omnibus. Oh shit, I didn't order it. Isn't that crazy though? Yeah, that's really right. cool. That's, that's weird. I mean, what's that mean? I mean, I, I don't want to talk like, you know, financial side of it, but like, Right, do the do the filling guys get boned? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I hope I mean, not, it, but yeah. It become, it be, the royalties then just become his. Right, it's I mean? kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Well, it's nice to see a unified vision, but <laughs> oh, on, definitely, on the I, I hope they pay them both. I don't, I don't know. If maybe we're holding our breath, but that's crazy. Yeah, I did not know that. Thank you mm -hmm. for. You're welcome. Whew. You're welcome. I just, I just blew I your that, mind right there. I loves me some Burnham. See, now I'm gonna have to go back and get that. That collection now. Yes, sir. Damn. And you know where you can get that collection? Hmm. In stock trades. <laughs> yes, which is a sister company to Discount. <laughs> nah, DCBService.com. Get your comics, get them fast, get them cheap, get them delivered right to your door by the costume custodian of some kind of package dispersal company i don't know i think it's fedex right um and they are the very best dcbservice.com in your travels i'm going to justify again the intro music and implore you to read godzilla rulers of earth from idw written by chris maury illustrated by the great matt frank and jeff zornow who are getting some much uh earned Attention in these days of the movie being the big deal. Uh, I talked about this maybe 10 episodes back. It's a really great series and they're using all of the kaiju you seldom seen, seldom see in, in Godzilla books. The gist of the story is there's two alien races that, uh, plan to conquer Earth. There's the Cryogs and the Devonians and I read issues 9 to 12. The, uh, Cryogs screw up 
uh, in a major way. And Violante pretty much destroys them, which leaves the Devonians to uh, resume their original intention, which was to dick over the Cryogs and take the whole planet for themselves. And so that's what we have here. The, the Devonians step up. They're going to they're going to route the place. But there's a traitor in their midst. There's a Devonian who warns the humans about what's going on. And we get to see Manda and Gizora and Titanosaurus and King Caesar and Mothra. And uh, it is just an am- if you like all out kaiju action, the Gargantuas are in here. Gyra and Sanda from uh, um, the War of the Gargantuas movie. It's just amazing. It's just fun. Big battle Godzilla action what's not to love right beautifully illustrated by uh frank and zornow the the team works really well together sometimes zornow will do the interior and frank will do the cover sometimes uh zornow will do the cover and and frank will do the interior and it's just it's just great seamless big kaiju throwdown action and i love every issue of it but one of the things that really intrigues me is jet jaguars in it like they're bringing all these monsters into it but there's uh and uh, Hedora is mentioned. He's not shown in this in this part of the series. He's mentioned, but one of the kaiju which has been conspicuously absent from this bitch, King Ghidra. Where the hell is King Ghidra? Mm. Hasn't made an appearance, not even mentioned. And and there's there's this prophecy angle with uh the cosmos and mothra that that all the monsters will like there will be a protector to um save the planet from this this great ancient evil it's kind of like the movie a little bit and we don't see what that great threat is and i'm thinking maybe it's going to be king ghidra i don't know mecha godzilla is in it i mean if you say godzilla all the great characters are in here but king ghidra where the hell is he i don't know Read the series and find out. Like me. Because it's great. Oh, yeah. And now there's going to be two books with Mr. Wachter and Mr. Bun doing Cataclysm. They're on it. Like a freaking bonnet. Yes. IDW likes to make money. I got an IDW book to talk about, too. Oh, yes. What it is. It's not my turn. Ah, nice. (laughs) Next. Uh, I am... um... All right. I'll save no. I was because because I, I Vince already called me a, a chatty bitch tonight, so I'm just going to oh, say. See, uh, you personally, Vince. You know? David, David, don't you, don't you like give a, a fucking I, listen to what Vince says about you being a chatty? I know. I know. The what? It's I'm podcasting with my wife. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I'm the pod, I'm the wife because you know I quit before the uh, the. Oh. You will be oh. his wife because you want to make sweet love to him nonstop. That's he gets true. it. He gets that a lot. <laughs> it's just that you don't appreciate it. <laughs> um, all right, fine. I will. I, I am going to say in your travels, get yourself um, some all new X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from it looking absolutely gorgeous, I I, I I need to have some. Uh, Eminent and, uh, Von Grobadger on, on my wall. Gotcha. Um, I know you do. <laughs> uh, I, um, the, the, the last three issues, um, but basically yes. they, uh, 
the, there was the issue, I think it was 25 with, um, with Beast being visited and, uh, and, and there were a lot of, um, there are a few pages from a bunch of different artists, uh, including Scotty Young, but there were, um, yeah, it was a great. Issue. It, it was a funky issue. Uh, it just emphasized that that Beast is a dick. And then, as you mm-hmm. read the next couple of issues, you Your find notes, out right? that we're all the, like, this guy's a dick. This guy's a dick. That's it. That's it, bro. Um, but the uh, the what I am absolutely loving about this are the um, the the future or the Brotherhood of Future Mutants, the the, the origins <laughs> uh, <laughs> with with. Um, with, with with Xavier and and uh, and Mystique and that is awesome. Um, they should call the book "All New, All Dicks." <laughs> definitely, <laughs> uh, it's um, the, the the Kitty is is taking no shit and 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 she's no joke. Um, the uh, it it is it is just as much as I am so enjoying. Hickman's Avengers books, what, what, what Bendis is doing right now with the mutants and, and how he just makes you feel about a character and, and then the opposite feeling towards another character on the same goddamn page. Just, he, he's just working something with, with, especially with this particular X-Men yeah. book and, 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 um, and I think this book is magic. It, it, there, Pure I mean, magic. it, it, it looks, Better than just about every goddamn book on the stands. It, it, it is, um, when you have, you just have little things like everybody is trying to figure out what the hell's going on and, and okay, X23 is missing and all while they're all trying to figure out where she is or, or who was the last person to see her. Bobby's just sitting there eating his oatmeal going, well, who the hell's Laura? And this is, oh, I didn't know. I was just calling a Wolverine clone. It was just, and, and just as you're reading it and you just see him, like, it's kind of like listening to this show where someone's just going to say something in the background and, and someone might miss it or, or people are just talking over each other. That, that's exactly what's happening in the cafeteria with, with, with the new mutants and, and the past X-Men and, and the current X-Men and everybody is just trying to get an idea as to what's happening right now. And then, they're being attacked and it's you cannot whereas Hickman is he's not letting anything go to waste he doesn't forget a damn thing he remembers everything and it's all going to come to pass even if it's a year or two later Bendis isn't letting you catch your breath because there's just so much going on 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 every page where you just you there is you're definitely getting a, the, the bang for your buck with with Bendis's X books. Yeah, what I gotta say about this Bendis, as opposed to the Avengers Bendis, he's almost frugal with that that cutesy banter. Like he does it occasionally, but it's nowhere near as prevalent. Right, there aren't as entire was. issues of of headshot right. for headshot yes. conversations. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you, I. The way if he uses it sparingly, it's much more effective. Yes. Than, than whereas you get a whole issue of them just you know biting each other. You know that's that's not fun. That's so I, I maybe he learned. I don't. Maybe he he listens to to uh, fan reaction. I don't know, but I just think I think he has everything razor sharp in this book. It's also yes, 
he, he does, and and it's a different it it it's a different cast of characters. Um, yeah, every issue I, I finish it, and and I wish that it was you know Jean who went away into space and I didn't have to see her. But it it it's all working towards he's telling a story with these characters, and 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 which sounds ridiculous, but it it just he when you open up an issue and it's older Scott Summers talking to past Jean Grey and and they're just having a conversation and it ends and and Scott is telling Jean that this whatever she's thinking she has to stop thinking and he leaves the room and you have Kitty Pride on the outside of that room and and saying it's the last time you will ever be in a room with her alone and it's it's just these little you want to see my car like it's, it's <laughs> just you he bendis is he's on right now he is just he is on and maybe you know if he's on the book for another seven eight ten years and then we're like okay well maybe he's overstayed as well that that's fine but right now he is just it's on point as far as i'm concerned yeah he does have his favorites though yes but he Bendis has a tendency to pick certain characters and just run with them. Like uh, Avengers, I, I think Spider Woman was one of his his pets. Oh, absolutely, sure. Yeah, and he seems to be devoting that same kind of attention to Kitty, yes. which is which is great. Magic, I think he really seems to like magic a lot. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can't fault him for that. I like magic. It's a well. big yeah. ass. Her soul sword's gotten to be big. It is, dude. Yeah. <laughs> is that your soul sword, or are you just happy to see me? Oh. She, should, she should be like Impulse. Remember how? Not Impulse. Um, what was the character in um, Next Men? The, the the speedster. What was his name? I just know him as Danny. Danny. How he used to have really like overemphasized legs oh, yeah, because, because she should have like massive arms. And just, <laughs> just from lifting that sword. That was Burn trying to let you know, and Mario's favorite artist, uh, creator Burn, letting you know that uh, <laughs> that you know this is. He should have huge legs because those are the muscles he uses the most. And the same thing yeah. with, 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 with the, uh, the eyes and the, no, he had, I mean, and, and Byrne was, it made sense for the next men. But yeah, I don't know if, if Ileana with, with huge fucking Popeye arms would, uh, would be so hot. <laughs> X23's lips these days should be like massive. They could have, they could have her dating strong guy. <laughs> This in your travels is brought to you by Bullhorn. Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm so ready. Okay. I want to tell you a story about the coldest brother under the sun. <laughs> he had it all winter, spring, summer, fall. He was a hero to everyone. But when his legendary reputation grew from town to town, Every hoodlum and his mama tried to take his badass crown. Now a danger to the community, he questioned what life was worth. So he took off like a karate man will and began to walk the earth. A man can leave behind his people, his women, and his wealth. But there's one thing he can't walk away from, that cat in the mirror called himself. Ooh, I like that. That is the opening page of the second issue of IDW's Out of Sight Black Dynamite comic. Ah, uh, nice. Yes. Manhandled. We pick up with Black Dynamite stuck in Guantanamo Bay. But you can't keep a good man down. Black Dynamite gets broken out of Guantanamo Bay 
and uh, and wrecks havoc as he's always wanted to do. This uh, this issue came, and it is a fucking blast, dude. It, it's great, and it's uh it's inked by Sal Buscema, actually. I was gonna say as, this is the Sal issue, yeah. You'll remember this um the, the when when this was solicited a year ago, the the series it was announced as as Jamal Eigel and Sal Buscema doing the book, and then something happened. What was announced that they were off the book, and I never found out the what wherefores or whys about that. But um, but yeah, so so the the new interior artist is someone I am not familiar with. Uh, the the penciler, his name is hold on one second, uh, Marcelo Ferreira. But the inks are by Sal, and uh, it was just great, man. This this comic was straight out of the the cartoon or the TV show. Um, it's written by Brian Ash. And I have to imagine he had he had some input from the creators of Black Dynamite, but either way, he killed it. And I will say that I am not typically, as you guys know, a variant cover dude. It's not really one of my things. But when I looked inside the cover and I saw that there was a incentive cover, alternative cover by Tom Scholey, I lost my mind. Tom Scholey drawing Black Dynamite. How do I not own nice. that? How do I not own that cover? So... <laughs> I don't know. You seem to own everything else. Yeah, that's true. Um, true. So yeah, this was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed this. And uh, a quick shout out, a little bonus one. Um, Dap, I'd be curious to know if you've read this. If not, when you read it, we should. T- I'd love to hear your thoughts. I was very pleasantly surprised by the first issue of Cyclops. Oh. By Mister uh, Rucka and and Russell Dowderman who uh, was the artist on Superbia, which I discussed some time ago. But. Right, and, and that's – you reminded me about Superbia because when I – I mentioned it last week when Scotty was on. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. I had gotten sufficiently intoxicated by then, but you're right. You're <laughs> – well, what did you think of Cyclops? I loved it. Yes, agreed. I loved I, it. I, th- I, I thought it was great. I thought young Cyclops works well. I thought – I love that Corsair is an – um, a, a um, insecure dad because he would be right if you abandoned your kid. Yeah. And sudden, um, the the only thing, and I think you you did maybe I think you mentioned this, but but I thought it was a little odd that Hepzibah was like the stepmom because the last we saw Hepzibah, she was on sure. Earth, Warpath, at, right? yeah, as a right banging Warpath as a X Men. So I don't know. I guess it's a little bit of a retcon to make her Corsair's wife, but that's cool. She's hot. She is, yeah, yeah. With the tail, and she played like the the sexy, flirtatious stepmom. <laughs> and you know? so Scott's all like, "Yeah, I'm a little uh, embarrassed by stuff, but I'm gonna I go thought... rub one. he's going to go rub one out." <laughs> yes. Um They got Chode. Chode happened... is like the 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 loving uncle or like the big brother. <laughs> you call him Chode? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chode. It's not Chode. It's, 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 coming from no, it's not. What is it? Twenty years. It, it's Chode, isn't uh, it? Yes. <laughs> Chode. Chode. <laughs> the, um, it was Hop around the galaxy, dude, known as Chode. Yeah, well, I'm was thinking. Who knew that Chode. Rucka could write a story with a male lead? <laughs> Unheard of. <laughs> That's why it was so much focus on Hepzibah. He had to bring Hepzibah back in. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, there haven't been, there hasn't been a, a, a ton of, um, Corsair stories, so it's nice that uh, that he is going to be part of of this book, and I, I think it's neat the way that um, 
that, that, like you said, towards the end of the issue, you know, this is, I'm mapping out a few places. This is where we're going to hit. And, and so that, that's just telling me that Rucka has a plan for the book. And, and this is where, um, this is where he's going to take the characters and the characters are going to take us wherever. But I, I'm, I'm all for having it, uh, having them have a plan so that, uh, we can wonder where we're going next or, uh, or what could have been if it gets gets prematurely, but it it's a uh I'm the art is, is absolutely fantastic and, and like you said, I mean I'm I I'm a big fan of Rucka, but the fact that uh it, it it's pretty much gonna be a sausage fest in in that ship, it's uh it's interesting to see him write it. No doubt. There you go. Now that you shit all over poor Mario who has to top that, that soliloquy you did <laughs> Poor Mario. It wasn't me, it was Bullhorn. Um, I would say, I have, I read this week a book from Fantagraphics, and it is a rare, rare, rare single issue put it out by, put out by Fantagraphics. I know what you're gonna say. And it is, uh, he of bottomless belly button fame and body oh, world. Yeah. It's talking about Dash Shaw's cosplayers. Mm-hmm. You guys read this? Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. I, I plan on it, but no, not yeah, yet. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool. It's, um, like I said, it's a single issue with, uh, you know, some people call them floppies, but it's, uh, no, I know. No, no. It's a story of, uh, Christ. it's a story of two, um, <laughs> two teen cosplayers who become friends kind of via the internet. Uh, one is, um, named Annie and the other one's named Verti. Annie wants to be an actress and Verti just wants to be like a photographer. And to get, they, they, they get together and they like travel to actually to meet each other and they end up deciding they want to make a film together. And, um, the way they do that is they don't have anybody else to be in the film. So, um, the Annie just goes up to people and Verti films her from a distance. So like she's interacting with these people. They think that, you know, that she's really interacting with them, but she's just making shit up to like for the film that they're being filmed, uh, you know, like unawares. But you know, it goes from there and you know, they, they get into some shit and it's pretty good. It's a pretty good book. Um, it has pinups throughout it. It's pretty funny. It has pinups throughout it by Shaw of people in cause, like dressing up in cosplay. So you know, on the, on the front you have, a guy dressed up like Gambit in that Dashaw in that Dashaw style, but he's got a goatee and he's got glasses on. You know what I mean? And it's got like a, a Cyclops and a Jean and they're a little pudgy. You know what I mean? But like it almost looks like and I wouldn't be Nothing at all like the real no, world. No, no, not at all. It almost <laughs> looks like I mean there's a there's a uh there's a uh what's her name? Targaryen and the and the there's the Daenerys? mother, yeah, the mother of dragons, and then her husband. What's her, what was his name? Um, Cal Drogo. Cal Drogo. Cal Drogo. Yes. Like, there's people dressed up like that, and it's just like Chun Li with glasses. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> uh-huh. that's hot. That dude. But she's <laughs> overweight. But like, it's they're awesome. <laughs> Still hot. They're awesome, but it almost looks like it's. I mean, these have nothing to do with the story. They're just like dispersed throughout the book. But it almost looks like. um like Dash Shaw had like photos of these people. Ah, I wouldn't doubt and it. And then took it from that. Just, just the way they're standing and like, you know, the, the, the way it looks. 
And then I can't, I can't tell, like, just, I don't know if I'm projecting onto it, but it feels like he's making fun of them. I wouldn't doubt that either. Um, but I'm not sure. You know what I mean? But this, I got it. I got to read yeah, it. Yeah, but the story is good. The story is, doesn't really have anything to do with cosplay, except for the idea that they are pretending to be, um, like, you know, like other people when they're talking to these people so they can film it for a movie. Ah. You know, if I'm not mistaken, I think issue two is solicited this month. It was. I saw that, and I was surprised about that because I thought it was just going to be a, a standoff thing, a, like a one, like a one-off standalone yeah. book. I don't. I think I heard somewhere or read that this is an adaptation of either a, a live-action thing he's doing or, or an animation thing. That there's a, there's some kind of tie-in to this. Oh, it feels that way. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like. Yeah, based on some kind of script he was working on. Yeah, God, I love Dash. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's 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 five bucks, a little pricey, but you know that's that's fan of graphics. It's thirty what thirty thirty three pages. That's not overly expensive, yeah. I don't think. But huh. um, I mean, the, these these pinups of these people and these cosplay outfits are hilarious. Oh man, but yeah, <laughs> Dash Show, good stuff. Cool. Ah, oh, we nailed it. Another good one. Yes, sir. So this yeah. is officially Mario's audition tape, or? <laughs> I, I hope not for Mario's no. sake. <laughs> I just want to let you guys know that I won't be on the next episode. I felt, <laughs> I, I feel the listeners deserve to hear that directly from me. <laughs> I, was, I was going to write a note and just have David read it, but I thought That's that I would funny. expect the listeners uh, uh, I was no now. apologies this week. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, uh, and and one of their, uh, you know, Tom King is taking a couple months off just because he's got, you know, his first big DC book that he's got to do. So he's trying to focus on on that. Understandably so. So they were they were they were busting on him a little bit. They've been doing it every week since he said he was taking time off. But uh, uh, one of their hosts, uh, Rafael Sands, was like, "Yeah, I think I'm going to quit too." You know, I. I I, I just I, I miss the golden age of podcasting when when uh, when there were only two podcasts that anybody listened to and now that we're in the dark age of podcasting I'm just done with it you know I've kind of done it all I was like oh shit shit son <laughs> ah, there's plenty of places to explore with this medium yet we 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 just got started we're gonna wait till we have all silent uh, episode soon enough said. Enough said, the, yeah. The and Larry and we, re- we really hope you join us for that. Uh, not, not the enough said one, but every other one. Just being used to uh, when we hold up cue cards. That would be you, awesome. Like that, like the episode of uh, Adventure Time where Finn and Jake are playing the game where who, who, to, who won't, who won't. <laughs> speaking of Adventure Time, you're freaking buddies, out. Your buddy's in the new issue. My boy Jen Rock. Yeah. yeah I know. There you go. And you can find forthcoming episodes the same damn place you found this so go there next week and we'll be waiting there for you because why stuff come on because we love you so oh, yeah. much that's right and, and thanks to reviews recently we would love we always appreciate reviews they uh in 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 apple's very insane way of doing things for some reason it seems like new reviews help bump your rating yes. up which really makes no sense but that seems to be the way the game is played so we're happy anytime we get new reviews been a few little little upstart comic podcasters yeah. sewing their wild oats, thinking they're a little too big for their britches because they have some reviews. So 
<laughs> so yes, lavish us with with reviews and be honest. But we thank you well, for those. Be honest yes. in that you love us. Otherwise, <laughs> tell, us, say tell us what you want every week. Stop. Say good night, David. Good night, David. Thank you, Mario. Thank you, Mario. Thank you, Mario. Pleasure as always. We love you. Pleasure. We do. Mario, are we going to see you in in Carolina? Or are you new daddy? Uh, we'll see. I can't. All right. Say yes. On the same plan, I'm no. On. He's more of a he's more of a, a, a definite than you. you got a place to sleep yeah. if you needed to. Yeah, my sister lives down there too. So no, I'll fuck you down. <laughs> we'll just we'll still we'll make <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. Bye. Latest. Bye. Yeah.